It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. The final scores are coming in fast and furious, and welcome to another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you for the next three hours. At least some of us will be with you for the next three hours. Somebody's scheduling a noon game tomorrow over here. Oh, so you think he's leaving early? <laughs> I don't know. I've got to go. I'm driving to Lexington tomorrow at about 10 or 11 in the morning. Does that mean I get to leave early, too? No. <laughs> Epps, you may be on your well, own. <laughs> that could be an interesting final hour of the program. I don't think that's how it's going to work. We've got, <laughs> we've got Bo Anderson lined up. He's already on hold. There you go. Yeah, well, Inside. Need joke. to get in. Yeah. yeah Bo, Bo will be on hold until the end of the show. So, we uh, appreciate everyone listening in tonight. Again, I said the final scores are coming in fast and furious. Literally, as we hit the music to begin the program, Program. We got a final score that came in of a shot at the buzzer to win a game between two top five ranked teams who are playing each other tonight. Lots of good basketball across the state of West Virginia. We're actually going to give James another second or two here to catch his breath before we do the scoreboard because, like I said, these scores are coming in right now. And uh, I'll turn first to Coach Marone and Coach, on a, on a night where must, much of West Virginia is in the rain, that's why we have gymnasiums, and that's why we love basketball <laughs> this time of year. Tell you what, uh, a cold rain, too, I can tell you firsthand, but uh, we love basketball. This is a heated time of the season. It's after New Year's, and as uh, conference schedules start to kind of come together, it uh, it really uh, starts to pick up steam, and some great matchups tonight, Ryan. You mentioned uh, some of those buzzer beaters that are already coming in, and uh, You know, I think uh, once you start to see things start to form up to mid to late January, you really start to see teams that are peaking as they get ready for postseason play on both the girls and the boys' side. And we've got some uh, scheduling and some breaking news we'll get to later in the show about some matchups that will be coming uh, not too far around the corner, some uh, really awesome matchups that a little unexpected but we're excited about, and we'll leave that as kind of a tease for people a little bit later in the show. It's a game that you won't see in Charleston in March but it's a game that's worthy of the Civic Center floor in the main stage. Yes. We'll put and it that way. Yes. Man, I must have missed a memo because I haven't did. heard anything about this. That's we keep awesome. James in the dark over here. Yeah. I, I live on Twitter. And I mean, I have no idea what's going on. I just want to thank you all. I got the appropriate memo. I'm in the appropriate uniform tonight. I well, feel part of the team, and I feel the love Well, I, I tell you right now that uh, I am going to, uh, because I've been left out in the dark, I feel like I've been slided, so I'm contacting Wisconsin's Athletic Association to file a complaint. <laughs> Uh, I don't appreciate this out of the gate. Uh, That's something I want to get into a little bit later on because that is a a situation that I think it's going overboard. And I think it's it's something that it's taking the fun from the game. And it's one of the things to the point, have we gotten to the point to where we just need to empty the gymnasiums? There's well, no reason to put st- put seats in the gymnasiums any longer. And we'll talk about that, too. Yeah, because that's our poll question. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our poll question. That's our poll question. And and, and some situations that happened, uh, there was another situation involving a, a, a skirmish in a gymnasium. This happened in over in Belfry, or Phelps, excuse me, Phelps, Kentucky, in an eighth-grade middle school game, and in which there were people left in handcuffs. And then up in Dayton... They emptied the gymnasium for a night after escalating situations happened for not once, not twice, the third time this season. 
And James, uh, and again, we will not get into any specifics. There's one even more local, that where people were escorted out and ejected this week in a middle school game. So, again, we will not get into specifics, but it is not uh, anything that's happening in one particular area. It's, uh, it's all across the region and across the country. So, guys, basketball's fun. It's a kid's game. Remember that. Well, that's, that's the problem is, is a lot of people forget it's a, it's a game for kids. And the parents typically are the ones that ruin the, the excitement. I remember as, as, a, as a Little League coach, my favorite days at the park was when mom and dad would drop the kid off and leave. And it was just my coaching staff and 10 or 12 little kids that just love to play the game. You want me to tell you, and this is, it's really sad, but a saying that goes around the coaching circles that I, that I frequent, you know, the best coaching job is to be the head coach at an orphanage. I oh, mean, yeah. unfortunately, I mean, and it's a shame to say that, but, uh, you know, I know a lot of fellow coaches and uh, uh, they feel the same thing that you felt as a youth league coach. And I think it's to a point that it needs to kind of catch us to step back. I mean, everybody needs to take stock of what, what it's all about. So we'll get into that a little bit more in the program. And, and, and again, we mentioned it's, a, it's for kids. And before we do our first score, which we're going to do in just a moment, why are we all in sports, first off? Sports is a form of entertainment to get away from the real-world problems that we have sometimes. It's a way to kind of shut off from, the, uh, you know, from, from situations that are uh, a lot more serious and enjoy. Now, obviously, sports are big money, and some people make a living in it, but it's a very small percentage for the bigger part of the country and for most of the people who are actually involved in high school athletics. It's for love of the game, love of the sport, and for entertainment of the folks in the community, for the kids to have something to do. There's so much more to it than just pure competitiveness. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being competitive because there's not. You want to do your best. You work hard. You want to pay. You want the dividend for it. And... But at what cost? I remember last season, um, it was my son's senior year of, of high school baseball, and our first game out of the shoot, we had almost an inch and a half of rain drop the night before. And our field was – it was a pond. So we're, we're at the field. We're scooping out water with buckets. We're trying to get this field turned up. And I literally, on the day of the game, I spent nine and a half hours with a rototiller, a shovel, <laughs> and a wheelbarrow trying to till up the field, trying to, trying to get it worked in. And it was about three hours prior to game time. And our head coach walks in and he says, what do you say? I said, I can't do it. I said, and it, I mean, it, it was just, it was so devastating because, you know, the kids were worked up. It's opening night. You're ready to go. And then you have to deal with that. And it's one of those things, you, you get the guys that's behind the scenes. And it's just as important to them as it is for the kids. And it, it's, I wasn't out there getting paid. I didn't make one dime. But it, it was important to me because it was important to my son. It was important to all those other kids on that, on that field that were, that were excited. There were other seniors. That was their final opening night. And it had to be postponed. And it's one of those things, it's, it's a letdown. And you kind of forget about that when you step back and saying, yeah, it's important to us as, as, a, as a, an adult. But you also have to put yourself in that kid's shoes. If they see you amped up, it gets them amped up. They feed off of your energy, and you have to be able to contain yourself. If we, as members of society, paint the picture of what society is supposed to be, the fellow leaders of, that we're building right now in our youth are going to follow our leadership. But if we don't do that, all we're doing is, is setting up society to fail, and that's where it's headed right now. Well, we will get to the phone lines in just a moment. But first, let's turn it over to James for our first check of the basketball night. Dot com scoreboard. 
Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start first with the boys. A full slate of games this evening. A lot of these games already final. It was Metal Bridge with a 35-27 victory over Greenbrier West. East Richland, Ohio falls to the 100 Hornets 49-39. The Riverside Warriors escape defeat over Hurricane 50-47. That was a great basketball game all the way through. It was tied at the half. Shady Spring with a three-point win over Independence 59-56. Musselman defeats Jefferson. Or I'm sorry, that game is in the third quarter with Musselman on top of Jefferson 51-33. Morgantown all over John Marshall 92-37. Lincoln defeats Liberty Harrison 63-44. It was Lincoln County over Point Pleasant 62-50. This one just going final. Logan after leading 18-15 over Wheeling Park at the half, falls in double overtime to the Patriots, 49-47. Great basketball game there. Hopefully we'll get a report later on in the show. Mountview on top of Riverview, 40-39. That game at the end of the third. The Big Reds of Parkersburg knock off the Nitro Wildcats, 71-54. Another great ball game we'll hear from Brian Johnson in just a little bit. Ripley survives at the end. Knocking off South Charleston. South Charleston's third loss in a row. 64-63. to Brandon Knapper's buzzer beater to win it. Falls short. Chase Johnson, 20 points and 7 rebounds in the winning effort. It was Tuck Valley over St. Joe, 68, or 61-58. Wyoming East goes bonkers tonight. And drops 111 on Summers County. 111-54 your final. University moves to 8-1 with a 68-65 win over the Brook Bruins. Bluefield, after three quarters, on top of Westside, 46-37. And let's go to the girls' side now. We have Willing Park defeating Oak Glen, 75-52. Nicholas County knocks off Polka, 42-41. And Wyoming East all over the James Monroe Mavericks, 88 88- That's the first check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Some outstanding games there. Coach Brown, anything catch? Well, obviously, there there are some things that are going to catch your eye. Uh, Very close games, overtime, buzzer beaters, games that came down to the wire. We we seem to have had it all tonight already. Well, I'll tell you what, a couple games that really jump out at me. Uh, You mentioned that low-scoring game that uh, Logan controls tempo. They lose that one in double overtime, but – you know, in the, the Class A division, you know, Tug Valley and St. Joe, two teams that could uh, see each other again, obviously, 61-58. Uh, St. Joe, a pretty good ball club, but uh, a good test for the Panthers. Coach Ed May and his crew down there get a tough win. They've really uh, shown well here in the early going. Of course, Tug Valley team that made a tournament run last year. Coach May in his first year uh, gets a big win there against St. Joe. And speaking of the Tug Valley Panthers, we go to the phone lines. Jordan Mounts, broadcaster of WFGH, had the Tug Valley game. And uh, Jordan, uh, Tug Valley and St. Joe starting to become acquaintances now in this uh, run of Tug Valley in Class A. And uh, St. Joe, one of the more talented Class A programs, but Tug Valley gets another win tonight. And, guys, what a win it was. Holy cow, it was a great game. You know, it came down right there at the very end. St. Joe tied it up with a three-point basket, and then Tug Valley drove it right back down the court. Tyler May, coach's son, Tyler May, last-second three-point shot from the corner. 
Gave Chug Valley the, uh, the lead 61 to 58 with a second to go, and St. Joe just couldn't get a shot up to uh, answer that one back. Great game to watch, guys. Jordan, how big of a win is this for Tug Valley coming in tomorrow in the Hatfield-McCoy shootout and will face off against GW after GW falls to Huntington a few nights earlier? You know, guys, uh, I think every win is a big win whenever it comes to uh, whenever, whenever it comes to building momentum into a big game. You know, Tug Valley, GW, definitely two, uh, two schools that are uh, not equal in size, to say the very least. But uh, nonetheless, it's still going to be a great matchup between these two uh, schools. So, so, Jordan, as you just heard, James not giving you any time to enjoy this win tonight over St. Joe because you got to get right back into it tomorrow. How do you think the kids handle that type of uh, quick turnaround? Uh, I know that's an emotional game that they just won tonight. You know, uh, I just walked in the locker room directly after that game. Everybody was celebrating, high-fiving, patting each other on the back, especially given, especially they were all mobbing uh, Tyler May after that ball game and that clutch shot that he hit. But you know what? Uh, I will say that uh, Coach Ed May, he, uh, he did a good job, you know, settling these guys down, giving them specific instructions. Go home, get you something to eat, get in bed, and get ready. Prepare yourself for tomorrow because we go back to work tomorrow. Well, it should be a great ball game uh, tomorrow, too. And uh, Tug Valley, of course, one of those teams that's an anywhere, anytime type of ball club, and they'll take on George Washington tomorrow. Uh, Jordan Mounts, uh, great pleasure talking to you, buddy. We hope to hear from you again later on uh, down the line this season. Yes, sir, guys. Thank you all for having me on. We'll uh, hopefully hear from you tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. I'm not doing the show tomorrow. Just uh, for, for I, I won't be here either. No. But we, we will. He, he, we will hear from him on Twitter. Yes, absolutely, and we appreciate it because that's how we find out the scores. That's how we get them to you. And Jordan, uh, he, he's an integral part of that. And it's people such as that who help this show function. We're going to go right back to the phone lines to someone that Coach Marone's familiar with, Ernie Richardson. He does the stats for the Tulsa girls. They had a. Very good ball game yeah. last night. Fell, fell a little bit short against Wayne, uh, 51-49 final score. But uh, what, a, what a great – I've got Tulsa's coach right beside <laughs> me. I haven't asked him about the game yet. But, Ernie, your thoughts on the game? Yes. Hey, I'd like to go over our schedule with us, our wins and losses, if you want me to. Uh, we opened up the season on December 5th against Farrell, Ohio, and we had a pretty close game there, 41-63. to Fell short a little bit. Then we got on the winning track in the BJM tournament. We beat Princeton 74 to 44. Then we faced a strong George Washington team later that next day, and we lost 40 to 59 to them. But they was a close ball game up until the fourth quarter with them too. Uh, then we went to South Charleston and played Grafton, which Grafton had a real good ball club. They beat us pretty well, 51 to 72. Chapmanville, we won 60 to 46. Uh, Polka, we won 50 to 47. Then we traveled. Uh, we hosted Scott. We won it 57 to 27. Then uh, Mingo Central. Well, let me back up there. Scott was 79 to 26. I missed that one. We won that one. Improved the record to four and three at that point. Then we played uh, Mingo Central. Won it 57 to 27. Improved to five and three. Mingo Central. Then Bluefield. Bluefield had a fine squad, too, this year, and uh, we fell to them 56-66, to 66, but we were in that game real late in the game, too, and they pulled away late in the game. On the 12th, we played Polka. We won it again. That's two wins over Polka. That's uh, two big conference wins for us, uh, 43-35. And then last night, of course, we lost that to Heartbreaker, 51-49 to to Wayne, and we fell to 6-5 and five on the season, but we're still 4-1 and one in the conference and still right up there with the leaders and stuff, and hopefully – the season from there will kick on a little bit, a little bit stronger for us from that there on out. 
Now, some stats on the girls. Uh, I've got it broke down like the first six games and their totals and stuff. Then I've got it broke down for you from games 10, 11, 7, 9, and through 1 through 11. Do you just want the ones 1 through 11 for the totals? Uh, let's just go for the, the top two here uh, in each category. Okay. Okay, the top two on uh, the first six games, Mariah Finley. She was uh, averaging 8.5 points a game, 6.8 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 3.5 turnovers, one steal a game, one block a game. Dina Gerald, she was averaging 23.5 points a game, 5.8 assists, 3.6 rebounds, 5.2 turnovers, 2.3 house plays, 3.2 steals, and three blocks. That's in the first uh, six games for the young lady. She's had an excellent start to the season, and, and I hate to cut you short. We, we're right up against a break right now, but we appreciate you calling in, and uh, we'll talk much more with Coach Marone about that ball game between Tulsa and Wayne a little bit more later on, but we've got to take a break. We'll step aside. We'll be back with more Basketball Friday in West Virginia when we come back on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. Takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Call the show. We want to hear from you tonight. Toll free 855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting Basketball Night. Com. Special thanks to all of our affiliates tonight carrying the show. And also, our new followers, a shout-out to all of those, including Chris Pemberton, Jay Hess, Dave McQuain, Webster County High, Connie Robinson, Michelle Lors, Ashley Viderto, Holly Keppers, Jay Withrow, Drew Baker, Ross Johnson, and Scott Parsons. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday night. Make sure you go to our website, BasketballNight.com, and answer the poll question tonight. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Currently three undefeateds in Class AA girls basketball. One of them is Lincoln High. 
Rob Hawkins is the head coach of the Cougars. He joins us on the program now. And coach, a 10-0 start. Hard to really complain about anything with uh, with that beginning to this season. Uh, yeah, we are. We uh, we knew we had a good team coming back, and uh, extremely pleased with the work the girls did in the off season. And uh, we have started fast, so we have a tough stretch of our schedule coming up. So uh, we'll know within the next week how good we are. But we're extremely happy with the way we've started. You have Grafton coming up tomorrow, Bluefield coming up on Monday. Those are two top ten teams, and uh, it, it's just. And, and not to mention you've got Fairmont Senior coming up uh, possibly a little bit later on as well, North Marion. You're really getting into the heart of the schedule, but let's go back to this point. You've really only had one close game this year, uh, and that was the win over Wayne in the uh, Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout South Charleston Community Center back on December 18th. And, and I want to point to that game only because it was the only close game you've had so far. That was a game where you actually got out to a good-sized lead and kind of had to hang on late. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I thought we played really well uh, first quarter, I mean, first half. Uh, and truthfully, we were still in pretty good shape midway through the fourth, but uh, Wayne just kept coming at us, and they have a very nice club. As Coach Marone knows, you know, they're very talented, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, Coach, Coach Marone's in a tough region down there, just like we are up here. So, you know, Double A Girls is uh, very balanced this year, and, uh, you know, Cardinal Conference is. Uh, pretty good just like the big 10 is so that was a great event and uh you know happy we got to play wayne and happy to squeak out of there with the win well and you were talking about the uh the tough region that you're in and you know grafton obviously go and, and i know that some some of the region there's kind of split between who goes to the northern panhandle and who goes to the eastern panhandle when it comes to regional play but in terms of just in that area in general you've got grafton you've got uh east fairmont picked up a big win over uh buchanan upshur uh, who was a ranked AAA team. And then you've got North Marion. Uh, you know, you're talking about teams right there that are all considered contenders to make runs in Charleston along with your team. Seems like you're getting to that part of the schedule where night in, night out, you're going to be challenged every time you get on the floor. Yeah, you know, the uh, the next four games we play, we play four ranked AA teams. You know, Fairmont Seniors in there and North Marion along with Bluefield and, uh, and Grafton and it is a very good area for girls basketball. Uh, you know, there are there are good games every night, competitive games. East Fairmont's an up and comer, as you said. They had a huge win uh, last night against Buckhannon Upshur. So, uh, yeah, night in, night out. Uh, it is uh, definitely interesting, and you're definitely battle tested by the time you get to late February, early March. Coach, Coach Marone here, and uh, like I said, you do a great job there uh, at Lincoln, uh, kind of admire from afar, but uh, you know, you've got some uh, really quality senior leadership, uh, particularly in your two guards, I know, that uh, uh, have been through a little bit of adversity with some injuries, but uh, they're getting back rounded into form. You've got that state tournament experience, but have you kind of sensed that as the calendar turns to the new year and you are getting into the rugged part of your schedule that they're really starting to point towards trying to get back to Charleston and make a deeper run? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to take it one one day at a time. But, uh, you know, the girls, definitely that is their ultimate goal. And, uh, you know, our point guard, Gracie Lamb, suffered an injury in the off season, and, and we were lucky enough to get her back earlier than we thought. And she's, she's just now getting back to where she should be. And, uh, you know, she's a great player, and she's really uh, really worked hard to get back. And then, of course, Hope Bray. Our other returning starting guard uh, 
you know, both of them have uh, elevated their game this year, as have most of the team, and and that's their ultimate goal. You know, we got a taste of it. We finally uh, finally were able to get a win down there and get to the semifinals, and then of course we had the disappointing loss to Fairmont Senior. So uh, they have definitely uh, said that as their goal is to get back and and get another chance at it. I think it's safe to say the Lincoln Cougars won right on the cusp of uh, of being a championship Saturday contender and two. Getting into uh, maybe the most difficult week of a schedule uh, of maybe anyone across the state in terms of night in, night out for, an, for a full week. Solid. By the time we talk next week, and hopefully we can talk with you next week, we'll know a lot more about uh, how, how the lay of the land, so to speak, in, in the Big Ten. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, ever since Fairmont uh, Senior and North Marion have entered the Big Ten, and they're, they're always good, we've played them back-to-back. It's just this year we uh, we wanted to get in that, the uh, East Fairmont uh, Classic they're having on Martin Luther King Day. So kind of the schedule worked out that we get to get. And then, of course, we have draft, and that's our normal league game. So it just kind of worked out that way that we're going to have this tough stretch. But, you know, I mean, as we all know, this is all – none of it really matters until the end. And this is going to give us a really good test of how good a basketball team we are. You know, uh, we're – we could dread it going into it, but I think the girls can embrace it. But, you know, we'll, uh, this is our chance to really make a statement. So, Because somebody else is trying to make a statement in the back. <laughs> yeah, I think my dog wants to. <laughs> Well, Coach, we uh, congratulate you on a great start to the season. We certainly wish you the best of luck throughout the, uh, especially this coming week and throughout the course of the season as well, doing a fantastic job with that program at Lincoln High School. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate you having me on. Really enjoy the show. All right, that's Rob Hawkins, the head coach of the Lincoln Cougars girls basketball team. Let's stick to the phone lines. Another great ball game. One of those that came down to the wire tonight was Fairmont Senior and Robert C. Bird. Boys basketball action number three. Polar Bears get the win at the buzzer. Bill Nestor had the call for WPDX, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. And Bill, I know that's a tough loss for RCB, but fantastic ball game regardless of who came out with the win. Unbelievable game, guys. Really a seesaw affair. Robert Seabird jumps out for the big 21-8 lead after one period of play. And, of course, you knew at that time it wasn't going to be quite that easy. A coach threatened coach team with so much talent it wasn't going to lay down. And they stormed back had a fantastic second quarter. Matter of fact, they outscored Robert Seabird 19-7 excuse me, in that quarter. And then it was a seesaw battle all the way throughout to the end. It was a heartbreaking way to lose, guys, because – RCB's got the round ball with 40 seconds left to go in the game. It's tied up. Luke Dyer, the senior leader, has got the basketball, holding it at midcourt. And they've got a separation of about eight or nine uh, feet between he and Darius Nunn. He makes a jab step. Nunn goes backwards, and the official calls a five-second call. Gives the ball to Fairmont Senior with 6.8 seconds left, and then Nunn goes one-on-one and hits the jumper at the buzzer for the win so tough way to lose it but i tell you what an exciting game to call that's for sure well fantastic game and you hate that it would come down to whether it would be any kind of controversy like that at the end but for rcb now six and two on this season uh within the uh you know having to go to parkersburg coming up on uh monday but not a lot of time to really uh to really worry about uh, one game in particular, but I know that's a, that's a tough one to take, especially at home, 
Fairmont Senior, a lot of people have them being right there with Polka at the top of AA. And for RCB to take them to the buzzer, though, I've got to think even in a loss, RCB can get a lot of positives from tonight. You're exactly right. There are a lot of positives to take from it. Uh, Luke Dyer had a fantastic game, 27 points to lead all scorers in the contest. They also had some uh, other guys step up. Dante Spees hit for 14. And uh, there's some positives there, that's for sure. When you talk about this Fairmont senior team, make no mistake about it, I wouldn't be surprised. I, would, I wouldn't hesitate to say they might be one of, one of, if not the deepest, most athletic teams in the state, regardless of any classification. Coach Renton goes 12, 13 players deep, and he doesn't miss a beat when he substitutes. Of course, you talked about Boca. A lot of respect for Coach Osborne and what he does uh, with his team. And they're so disciplined. And, of course, they've been there before and with the championship and the confidence. Uh, but you, you look at some of these teams in, in AA, and it's going to come down to who's the hottest team when these teams lock it up in Charleston, I really believe. And for RCB, uh, even though they did suffer the loss, they did have a lot of uh, big things to take away from it. Uh, you know, a little bit of confidence, knowing that they can play with, with the top teams in AA. And you're right, not much time to, uh, to regroup. You've only got one day to practice. And then they're going to actually play Parkersburg at the Fairmont Armory. So they'll go back and see these polar bears. Coach Retton puts on an all-day extravaganza. So that game is going to be uh, will take place in Marion County on Monday. And then it's a three-game week for Robert Seabird next week. So not much time to lick your wounds. Got to get back in the saddle and, and uh, lock it up and see what you can do next week. Well, it does beat the trip over Route 50, though. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of the Deer Dog House over there, and I love that. Uh, <laughs> But some of the places to eat, so I, I hate to hate to miss those. But yeah, I guess it is a little bit shorter trip. <laughs> All right, hey Bill Nestor, I think you had the call. Of what maybe the game of the night tonight? The trying up there for sure. It'd be hard to find a better finish. Although the Tug Valley St. Joe game had a great finish as well. We appreciate you taking time out to call and uh, talk with us tonight. Guys, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. All right, sounds good. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX. He had the call of Fairmont Seniors. Last-second win over Robert C. Bird tonight. Darius Nunn, a jumper to beat the buzzer as the Polar Bears escape with a two-point win. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll get another check of your scoreboard update as basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've gone till 1145 tonight and then we'll share the voting results with you. The question. Should the Martinsburg-Hedgesville boys game continue to be played? You can answer yes, no, or yes in an empty gym. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote. We'll share the results with you at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. When you go to vote, you'll also see directly above that on our webpage, the Daily Hoops Roundup. And that's part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the scores games, the scores for all the games in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com. Just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. 
and we'd like you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email. We'll make that part of our daily hoops roundup. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night and part of our family. On Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. You can send a text with scores to 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Check it out, basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.32 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're with you till midnight. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone. Happy to have you along as well. Of course, if you want to follow along, you can watch the program live. Visit basketballnight.com. You get to see our smiling faces. Also, anytime you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at hoops underscore roundup. If you want to give us a call, that phone number is 1-855-345-4709. Did I leave anything out? I think that – I think No, we, we haven't gone to like – Snapchat or Instagram or that's the thing. Like Snapchat and Instagram don't really. I don't think work they work in what the end. Yeah. do. I talked to uh, I talked to our, our standout athlete of the week earlier today, and you know, we try to always if they're on Twitter, we try to get them so we can promote them on the, onto the show and stuff. And I said, "Do you use Twitter?" And he goes, "No, I don't have that." He said, "I've got an Instagram." I said, um, "That don't work." <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not not exactly what we're going for. Just pictures of us on the set. That would be about all we could uh, come up with. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even think that we get. I mean, we periscope. I mean, that's one of the things Marcus has added into our, our uh, resident brainiac. Uh, he's uh, he he comes out and just does a little bit of everything. And uh, but I think that's as I think it's about as extravagant as we're going to get. Guys, take a pause from the old guy on the stage. That's my that, that's your. <laughs> Would you imagine 10 or 15 years ago, we're sitting on a show, we're rattling off Snapchat, Instagram, Periscopes, Twitters, they'd probably put a white coat on you. Yeah, you start saying, <laughs> you how far is technology come? Just in the sports, it's amazing. I mean, I was sitting here just having a senior moment. Well, and, and, it's, and I was really, it was just amazing because all the outlets now for people to plug into sports is amazing. Well, you know, that was the thing we talked about last week when the situation happened up with Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> five years ago, we heard about that story probably the next day. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, we didn't hear that about that story until three, four days later because it took that long for it to get one to Charleston, and then from Charleston down to Huntington. It, and now we heard about it within minutes. I mean, yeah. literally minutes of it happening. We we had something going on. 30 minutes later, we had the man from Wizard of Oz, Kaz, calling in and giving us the details. And, and of course, he said, I'm going to tell you everything that I know that is factual. I wasn't there. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, we have a good time, though. And, and Coach Run is exactly right, though, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to technology. I know I, I was broadcasting – Marshall games on a, on the Marty here. <laughs> the Marty is a piece of 
Um, you have to have a physical workout to be able to pick this thing up. Yeah, it's like a 25-pound box, basically, that sends a radio frequency and metal, and it looks like it was built in the in the it's something you would 60s. see on MASH, if you remember the, 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 the TV show MASH. Yes. Most people probably don't. But, no. uh, Showing your age yeah, as now, well, now James. Appreciate you joining my side, the dark side. <laughs> hey, hey I'm, I'm an old emergency guy, okay? <laughs> Rampart. And you're not talking reruns. No, you're talking, no, talking original. About the original. Re- Ryan Epley's like, man, I've lost all control. <laughs> it's out of hand. You know what? Before we go too far here, let's get back to what people this who are at home will know. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also, I do want to mention our 13 great radio affiliates throughout the state of West Virginia. You guys are a, a big help, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Now, let's give them what they want. A scoreboard update. James Carter, you've got the boys' scores. Coach Ron will have the girls' scores. Go. A lot of new finals rolling in at basketballnight.com. You can check there for all of the scores throughout the night. We'll start first with the boys. Bishop Donahue, a four-point win over Payton City, 49-45. East Hardy defeats Moorfield by 20, 59-39 in the Hardy Boys Hardwood Classic. Tigerts Valley takes care of Herman, or Harmon, excuse me, 79-40. Bridgeport stays undefeated with a four-point win over the Minutemen. 84 to 80 out of Lewis County. Buckhannon Upshurics pulls off a big win over East Fairmont in overtime, 80 to 79. Huntington saw an 18-point lead evaporate in the final seconds of the ball game, but come away with a second win this week on the road in the Canal City as Huntington defeats number five Capital, 76 to 73. The Highlanders now 9 and 0 on the season. Notre Dame knocks off Clay Battelle, 81-37. Grafton winners over Elkins, 87-55. Fairmont Senior with a buzzer beater over RCB wins 57-55. Oak Hill gives Fayetteville its first loss of the season, 76-69. Metal Bridge knocks off Greenbrier West, 35-27. And a and a Updated score, 100 defeated East Richland, 76-48. We had a different score last time out. That one has been corrected. Riverside, a nice win over Hurricane, 52-47. It was Shady Spring over Independence, 59-56. Musselman stays undefeated in Class AAA with a 66-53 win over Jefferson. Morgantown rolls past the Monarchs of John Marshall, 92-37. Lincoln High over Liberty Harrison, 63-44. Lincoln County knocks off Point Pleasant, 62-50. In a double overtime, buzzer beater again. This one coming from Marshall Commit, Phil Bledsoe. As Willing Park gets past Logan, 49-47. That was an 18-15 affair at the half. Riverview defeats Mountain View, 59-55. Tyree Baker, 33 for Riverview. Mountain View led 32-16 at the break. Parkersburg rolls up the Nitro Wildcats 71-54. Tucker County defeats Preston by 30-71-41. It was Greenbrier East, a two-point win over the Princeton Tigers 54-52. Ripley behind Chase Johnson's 20 points and 7 rebounds defeats South Charleston 64-63. Brandon Knapper's buzzer beater would not stay down. Tuck Valley Gets a nice win over St. Joe, 61-58. Tyler Mays, three with one second to win. One second to go 
to seal the win. Wyoming East over the century mark on Summers County, 111 to 54. University defeats Brook, 68-65. It was Buffalo over Valley Fayette, 56-43. Westside falls to Bluefield, 66-63. Collier with 17. Thompson with 13. Westside's Cook had 22. And our final boys score, Meadowbridge, 35. Greenbrier West, 27. And on the girls' side tonight, uh, the 100 Hornet Lady Hornets get a 49-39 win over East Richland, Ohio. The Golden Bears from Oak Glen fall to Wheeling Park, 75-52. Polka travels to Nicholas County. They come up one point short. The Lady Grizzlies, 42. Polka, 41. Wyoming East, the Warriors, the Lady Warriors continue to roll, 88 to 33 over the Mavericks. Announcement later in the show may involve the Lady Warriors, but we'll hold that back as well as far as future scheduling. The Cabell Midland Knights, 55. Woodrow, Wilson, 33. Haley Haggerty, 21 points for the winners in that one. And our final girls score, the Tucker County Lady Mountain Line, 75. The Trinity Warriors, 31. That's your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. You know, it's amazing. I'm just we talked about how fast things happen on Twitter and just during that scoreboard I saw the Darius Nunn video of the game winner against RCB and I just saw the video of the, the game winner for Phil Bledsoe for uh, William Park and the double overtime went over Logan video clip of that as well <laughs> amazing it's, you almost don't have to go to a game anymore. I mean, <laughs> if you want to you can sit home and be lazy with social media and you can see some of the greatest games of the night and it's Takes just, a thumb, scroll yeah, down. Scroll down, <laughs> scroll wait, down, wait. And, and it's nice. Is, you want all the scores? Well, just go to basketballnight.com and scroll down, scroll down, and we'll have all of them for you. Hopefully we can ring the bell properly tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We ended up – we did get the final score of the one game we were missing last week. Uh, it rolled in later on uh, Saturday afternoon, but we did get the corrected score, and it is up on the website. But uh, – yeah, it's uh, we're, we're we're off to a great start. We had a lot of uh, boys scores in uh, a light a load of uh, girls games tonight. I was very shocked by that. Probably about ten to twelve girls games tonight, but almost started filling those up as well. Seems like there might be more of an effort for more of the girls games to be on Thursdays than on Fridays, and with the fishy, with the getting officials and all the things involved in that gym availability. Uh, you know, it's good to have a little bit of organization to that. Uh, it is chaotic. I'll tell you what, chaotic game tonight at the Ripley High School Health Center Gymnasium. The Vikings get a 64-63 win over South Charleston. Brian Johnson, WCEF, had the call. And Brian, another fantastic ball game there tonight. And Ripley holds on to get the win. Well, maybe the best game I've ever witnessed at Ripley High School. and. In the history of the series against South Charleston, I could not find any time where we had ever beaten them at Ripley High School. So you can imagine the environment there was electric, and uh, you've you've got two high-level guys going at it in Chase Johnson and Brandon Knapper. And uh, Brandon Knapper was as advertised, guys. He had 24 points tonight and was just a, a real pain in the Viking side. He was into the paint and basically did what he wanted to with the basketball. Coach Faulkner, uh, really a nice little wrinkle to start the game. He put Chase Johnson on Brandon Knapper on the perimeter and played a triangle in two. And uh, confused South Charleston in the beginning, and the Vikings jumped out to a 10-point lead. But uh, as you can imagine, South Charleston, with all the athletic ability and uh, playmakers they have, able to battle back in it. 
several lead changes in that game, and uh, it was just a back-and-forth saw effort, tied at 30 at half. Uh, so that game ended just about as you would have expected it to with uh, a last-second shot by Napper not being able to uh, drop for him. He was defended there by a couple of 6'8 guys. So uh, Luke Lahue and Chase Johnson made it difficult for him, but uh, just a huge win for Ripley and a signature win for Coach Faulkner and his tenure at Ripley High School. Yeah, the Vikings are now 8 and Two outstanding start. To, nine, and nine and two. Thank you. Yes, that's yes. correct. Nine and two. Yep. I don't want to short them one there. Nine and two. No, uh, hey, when when you had twelve wins all of last year and you've got nine through eleven games this year, you want to make sure <laughs> that you count every one of them. And you know, we talked to Coach Faulkner after the game about the uh, the effect that this could possibly have on sectional seating in March, and it, it's huge. And, and the Vikings realized. They have to get out of that 4-5 game, and they need to get a, a home game and get into the top three seeds in the section, and they've uh, effectively put themselves in position to do that. Brian, James, call your first off. Uh, thanks for calling in, and great talking to you again. Tell me about the difference this team has made by being able to bring Chase out away from the basket, not only offensively but defensively. Well, I'll tell you what. He has uh, he blossomed over the summer. There's no question about it. Um, he has uh, shown the diversity of being able to step out and hit the jump shot from 18 feet. He's uh, shooting 35%, I think, from behind the arc. He hasn't shot many of them, but he's been fairly effective. And as you said, defensively, I think he's gotten a lot quicker laterally. Uh, and, of course, with that long, uh, long arm uh, reach that he has, it's difficult for guys to get by him. And then whenever they do, he's able to recover and block shots from behind. So, he has uh, really improved considerably on the perimeter, and I think uh, knowing that uh, at the next level, that's where they're probably going to want him to play at the three. So uh, he has uh, certainly uh, elevated that. We had a lot of guys step up tonight, James. I'll tell you, we had a junior in Eli Casta uh, come in, and he made four big threes for us. Uh, you see Jameson Hunt, our, our lead guard, he's a junior as well. He had 17 points tonight and I believe seven assists, so – an, an all-around game for this team. Uh, there was a, a moment in that second period where Luke Leahy, our, our center, our other 6'8 guy, got, picked up his second foul and had to come out of the game. And uh, that was a, a concerning uh, moment for the Vikings. But uh, junior uh, reserve there, Nathan Hall stepped in, put, gave him some great minutes. He plays defensive line uh, on the Viking football team. So he stepped in there and really mixed it up with Scruggs uh, really well. And kept the Vikings in that ball game but uh, I tell you I'm, my heart's still in my throat it was such an exciting game the fans didn't want to leave after the game it, it was just a scene that uh, Viking fans have waited a long time to see and I haven't seen games like that probably really since Chase Fisher left. Brian you talked about Coach Faulkner firing out the triangle in two tonight is that the, the really him opening up the toolbox and showing kind of the state of West Virginia in class AAA what all he has to offer with this new look program well I think it was uh, I think he looked at that and uh, you know we have uh, some really good perimeter defenders one in Nathan McKinney or Logan McKinney excuse me uh, a senior guard uh, he doesn't score a lot of points but He's got a long reach as well. He's about six one, a really good perimeter defender. And I'm sure that, that Coach Vic Herbert expected him to be on Napper tonight. And uh, him coming out, and he mixed it up a couple of times too, James. He, he went to a box and one in the second period uh, and put McKinney on Napper. 
Then he went back to the triangle in two. And then again in the second half, he went to a uh, matchup zone. So he mixed it up enough to keep South Charleston on their heels and keep them confused and forced some, some turnovers that turned into uh, buckets for the Vikings on the other end. So Coach Faulkner has to be given a lot of credit. He has this team playing with a level of confidence that uh, we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. You know, obviously, in this conference, they're going to be tested. You know, we still have George Washington on the schedule. We have Capitol on the schedule. We have Spring Valley Tuesday. Uh, Ravenswood's on there, which is a rival. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to get any easier, but this is certainly a huge building block for them. A great win tonight for Ripley. Brian Johnson, WCEF. Always appreciate getting to talk with him. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's Hatfield-McCoy shootout. We'll talk more, much more about that and other games across the state of West Virginia when Basketball Friday Night continues after this. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Felicity Van Gilder. East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night standout athlete of the week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A shout out to our new followers, including Rusty Sovine, Justin Perry, ALH, Angela Bug 75, Liz Underwood, and Ben Reinhardt. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. The Williamson Fieldhouse, one of the most historic venues within the state of West Virginia when you talk high school basketball. And it's been about five years now since the Williamson High School Wolfpack the school closed, consolidated into Mingo Central High School, but the Williamson Fieldhouse still in use 
and still has big time high school basketball within the state of West Virginia. And also a little bit of a border war with the Hatfield McCoy shootout that takes place tomorrow. Mark Witt joins us now and, um, Mark, uh, this event, obviously a, a, an opportunity to, to kind of keep uh, a little bit of the tradition of the Williamson Fieldhouse going and also bring together some uh, non-traditional opponents. It is, guys. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you and uh, Fred and, and Rick and you guys for having us on the first time. Stuff, uh, But uh, it is. It's a. It's been a wonderful experience the past 14 years, uh, bringing some teams in and you know, just looking at the history of that field house from Hot Rod Hundley to Jerry West to Willie Akers to some of the most recent guys, Mark Klein, Anthony Struthers, and those folks that's went through there and, and, you know, went on to be, you know, not only All-Americans, but went on to play in the NBA, uh, even going back to Hal Greer. Yeah, fantastic. He, uh, or a fantastic uh, setting for high school basketball and still is, even though, uh, like I said, even though the school's closed, the setting's still there and kind of get the echoes within that gymnasium and um, full schedule tomorrow and a long day for, for you guys, but uh, uh, some very good matchups to, to go through. And uh, we'll let you go ahead and uh, – I mean, I, I've got them here if you, if you need me to, but uh, take us through the day tomorrow. It's just a great day uh, for basketball. First of all, you don't like uh, – you know, first of all and foremost, thank uh, Jeff Simpkins' law office. Uh, unfortunately, the state of West Virginia, you know, we've uh, we've really had a decline in the coal business when we first started this thing back 14 years ago. We, you know, we wanted to keep a good tradition going there at the field house. You know, we have some coal severance dollars and uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, county uh, levy monies go to support that field house so all of our schools can still get in that arena. You know, it's a nice arena. It's not the Civic Center, but, you know, for Southern West Virginia, it's probably the closest thing you can get to the Civic Center, you know, having the open space to get kids prepared for post-play uh, post, uh, post in sectionals, regionals, and the state tournament. And uh, this was a brainchild way back of, uh, uh, you know, my brother Mike Witt and, and Mr. Buck Harless and, uh, and Don Blankenship and uh, with Massey Cole and at that time and myself. And, uh, you know, things have, have progressed, and we started with three or four games, and you know, this is the biggest field we've ever had. we got uh, 18 teams coming in uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday, tomorrow. And we started in the morning with uh, at 9.30 with Ambassador Christian and Hannon. And then we at 11 o'clock, we got Sissonville and Sheldon Clark, and we can talk about this later, whatever you guys or which way you guys want to go with this. Uh, 12.30, we got the Man Hill Billies taking on Betsy Lane. At 2 o'clock, we got Hurricane taking on East Ridge, which is a consolidation over in Pike County, Kentucky. At 3.30, we have the Tulsa Rebels coming down in Polka. That's a conference game. And uh, we've been really after uh, Allen Osborne and the Polka Dots to come down and play. And uh, they, they've agreed to come for two years in a row. And Tulsa was gracious enough to uh, give up a home game to come up and play. Uh, for the first time ever, we got the Chapmanville Tigers coming in, playing a really good team out of out of Pikeville, the uh, Pikeville Panthers, who returned just about all their starters from last year. At 6:30, we got the South Charleston uh, and Vic Herbert and his crew coming in and playing Wesley Christian, who have they've probably got three or four D1 players on that team. That's going to be quite a challenge. And and Jack wanted to play South Charleston. They came close the last three or four years of beating them. And he said, I've got a team to do it this year. And I said, well, we'll have to see if you can come across the river and beat them. So that should be an interesting ball game. At 8 o'clock, uh, you got GW. 
Uh, Rick Green's team's doing, you know, really well this year. Lost a, you know, they lost a tough game to Huntington High the other night, I think, in overtime, but two, two points. They take on the Tug Valley Panthers, who we really think here in Mingo County is going to make a run at the state championships here uh, this year in the single way. And then at 930, we got the uh, the border war. Uh, Mingo Central taking on Belfry. They don't play during the regular season, and we try to make this a highlight game of every year. And it's Fred Dameron, and I, guys, I got to brag on him. Without him and helping with the media stuff and getting all this electronic stuff, I'm not a tech guru. Uh, uh, we're blessed to have Fred, Fred Dameron come down your way to come up and, and, and really help us. Well, it's an event that I know just as someone who is from, from Wayne and, and, you know, forget basketball traditions in, in terms of depending on where you're from, but Southern West Virginia basketball, and you talk about – Certain venues, and we went through this before, but Williamson and Logan, Beckley are three of the, the venues that are uh, well-known throughout the state of West Virginia. And then to, to be able to get matchups of those, uh, you know, most of those are West Virginia versus Kentucky. Um, not all of them, but most of them. And that just seems like it's a great event that you guys put on down there. And uh, we certainly uh, wish it great success. And uh, tomorrow, full day of games, and, and, and let's be honest, a 9.30 p.m. Mingo Central Belfry game, that could be a little wild. It can be wild out here. You know, there's not a lot of loss between those two teams. And uh, last year, Mingo Central hit a last-second shot. Uh, and I think Fred will tell them call the game at that last one. But uh, Dalton Hatfield hit a last-second shot to beat Belfry by two points at the buzzer. And, uh, you know, most of the games, guys, I'm telling you, we have been blessed. And like you said, most of the time we try – all the time we try to match up good Kentucky teams with good West Virginia teams. And, you know, you talk about venues and stuff. There's nothing better than the Raleigh County Armory up in Beckley, the Logan Fieldhouse, and the Williamson Fieldhouse in southern West Virginia. And, and you know, Mike Collins and myself, we've been blessed to, to, to work a lot of games there and in, in, in the Charleston Civic Center as far as officiating size goes. But uh, – some of the best games I've had has been right here in, in Williamson, West Virginia. You know, a lot of times it's not involved our local teams. It's been teams coming in. And we had a team come in a few years ago, guys. They, they walked in and not, not going to mention the team. And they said, wow, Mingo County. We thought we were coming to a barn to play. And they looked at that place and said, what a venue for our kids to have an opportunity to come in. And he said, and after we were able to show everybody the history of this place, you know, this is just a tremendous opportunity, not only athletically, but, you know, educationally for our kids to come in. And, and we try to line up some things with, with the Hatfield-McCoy, uh, you know, the, the tradition of that stuff and the history of it, to take the kids around, look at the billion-dollar coal field, the, the, the only coal house, actually built out a coal house for our Chamber of Commerce here, uh, is, is, is located now in Williamson, West Virginia. That thing is built out of lump coal. So, you know, not only do the kids come in from, from out of this area to come in and, and, and be able to play in a great athletic event, it is such an educational trip for these kids. And, you know, it enhances their education experience and their history for, you know, to go back to school and, and hopefully report to their teachers what's going on. Mark, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I know this is the first time we've got to talk on here. You and I have crossed paths before in your refereeing. I haven't said anything bad about you, I promise. Um, but <laughs> but uh, certainly a, a pleasure to get to talk to you, and uh, certainly hope that event does fantastic again tomorrow. No, we, we appreciate you guys, and again, I can't. I want to. I want to thank Fred Dameron down there with you guys. He is. He's a tremendous asset, not only to this Hatfield McCoy shootout, but. Uh, for uh, for your all station too and 
and and really appreciate all the all the radio stations and some of the TV stations coming in to cover it. I think this is the most media we've ever had coming in. And we're hoping uh, next year to expand this thing to a, a two-day event, a Friday evening and a Saturday. And I'll have so many games we won't start at the, uh, what I call the crack of dawn at 930. <laughs> and, uh, but it'll be, a, it'll be an exciting day, and uh, we look forward to everybody coming in and, and enjoying the history here in southern West Virginia and seeing a great arena. And, and again, thank you guys for uh, having us on. Thank you very much. Nine games tomorrow at the Williamson Fieldhouse, the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. We'll be back in a moment. We'll talk with Craig Dutton, Seven Ranges Radio, about the St. Mary's Blue Devils. And we'll get another check of your scoreboard. One hour down, two to go. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg. 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay and Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Shout out to our new followers tonight on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, including Scott Parsons, Ross Johnson, Liz Underwood, and the BHS student section. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 10.02 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you. Happy to have you along. Hour two of the program. We'll talk with Craig Dutton of Seven Ranges Radio with the St. Mary's Blue Devils in just a moment. Uh, before we do the scoreboard, though, we were talking with Mark Witt there uh, just uh, in, the, in the last segment about 
the Hatfield-McCoy shootout in Williamson and uh, something that, that you know Coach Marone is very – there's an educational piece to that too, Whether it, and it's not a classroom education, but it's – you take kids who are not from that area who would have no reason to ever go into Mingo County, you visit Mingo County, it changes your perceptions a lot too. Yeah, it, uh, it really is history live. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's part of our heritage and history for the whole Appalachian area, and uh, it really is a, a great starting point uh, and also a, a real-life example of people that can see history, uh, uh, not just in the movies. There's been movies obviously made about uh, some of the goings-on in that area, but there's so much more than what uh, is out there in the popular media and uh, Mark Witt and his crew do a tremendous job there. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to have been involved in some games there uh, over the years. It is an absolute great venue. If you got a bucket list and you're a high school basketball fan, if that one ain't been checked off, you need to get down there tomorrow. It would be a great day to do it. Uh, but the Williamson Fieldhouse uh, just uh, drips with history. He rattled off some pretty impressive names when you talk about the, uh, you know, the logo for the NBA. Jerry West has played there, and he he went on and on. Just a, a great uh, place where history meets sports and meets real life there in Mingo County. We will get to Craig Dutton again here in just a moment. He's not going to hold nearly as long as Bill, or not Bill, but uh, as Bo Anderson did last <laughs> week. I promise he's only been on hold for about 12 minutes. But we'll get to him in just a moment. But first, it's a basketballnight.com scoreboard. James, you'll have the boys' scores. Coach Marone, you'll have the girls' scores again. Let's get it on. Looking for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. We'll start first with Pendleton County and Pocahontas County. The Wildcats take care of the Warriors, 68-48. to Bishop Donahue, a four-point win over Payton City, 49-45. In the Hardy Boys Hardwood Classic, it was East Hardy, knocking off Moorfield, 87-63. Magnolia defeats North Marion, 73-45 in the Knights Round Ball Classic. We have... Sissonville defeats Clay County. We do know that Sissonville won. We're still looking for a score. If you have that, please hit us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Tigers Valley Bulldogs over Harmon Panthers, 79-40. The Kaiser Golden Tornado defeats Berkeley Springs, 73-40. Bridgeport moves to 7-0 in Class AA with an 84-80 victory over Lewis County. Buckhannon Upshur with a one-point win over East Fairmont in overtime, 82-79. Huntington survives the Capital Cougars charge at the last second with a 76-73 win, moving the Highlanders to 9-0 and on top of Class AAA. Charleston Catholic, a 57-35 win over Wahama. Notre Dame, 81, Clay Battelle, 37. Grafton, an 87-55 win over Elkins. Fairmont Senior with a... None shot at the buzzer. 57-55 winner over RCB. Oak Hill hands Fayetteville its first loss in class single A this season, 76-69, as Oak Hill picks up only its third win of the 2015-16 campaign. Metal Bridge 35, Greenbrier West 27. It was 100 over East Richland, Ohio, 76-48. Riverside comes from behind and knocks off Hurricane, 52-47. Riverside moves to 8-1 on the season. Shady Spring, 59. Independence, 56. Musselman stays atop with Huntington at 9-0 in Class AAA with a 66-53 defeat of the Jefferson Cougars. 
Morgantown, no problem with John Marshall, 92-37 winners. It was Lincoln over Liberty Harrison, 63-44. Liberty Raleigh defeats Nicholas County, 81-68. It was the Lincoln County Panthers by 12 over Point Pleasant, 62-50. A good one in Logan as Willing Park comes for behind in double overtime. Phil Bledsoe knocks down the buzzer beater for the Patriots for a 49-47 win over the Logan Wildcats. Madonna, 60. Weir, 56. It was Riverview over Mountview, 59-53. Tyree Baker had 33 points for Riverview. Mountview led the Raiders 32-16 at the half. It was Parkersburg, 71, 54 winners over Nitro. Tucker County defeats Preston by 30, 71, 41. Greenbrier East, a two-point win over the Princeton Tigers, 54, 52. Park Catholic defeats Ravenswood, 56, 48. Ripley by one over South Charleston, 64 to 63. Chase Johnson, 20.7 rebounds in the winning effort. Brandon Napper, 24 for the Black Eagles. Tuck Valley, a nice win over St. Joe, 61-58. The Panthers, 8-0 in a top class single A. Tyler May with a three. One second to go for the victory. Wyoming East, 111. Summers County, 54. It was University, a three-point win over the Brook Bruins. University improves to 8-1 on the season. Buffalo, 56. Valley Fayette, 43. Bluefield, a three-point win over Westside, 66-63. Collier with 17 for Bluefield. Cook, Nets 22 in the losing effort. And one final score, Metal Bridge 35, Greenbrier West 27. Coach Marone with the girls. I'm going to interject before he does that. One more. We don't have the score just yet, but we do know a result. Wayne's boys beat Scott tonight by one at Pioneer Gym. And now your girls score here on BasketballNight.com. First, the 100 Hornets knock off East Richland, Ohio 49-39. Wheeling Park 75, Oak Glen 52. Greenbrier West, a four-point win over Montcalm, 43-39. The Generals demoted to Corporals tonight in that one. The Nicholas County Grizzlies take a bite out of Polka, 42-41 the final in that girls' score. Wyoming East continues to roll. The Lady Warriors undefeated, 88-33 over James Monroe. Work County falls to St. Mary's, St. Mary's 79, Work County 31. Cabell Midland, 55. Woodrow, 33. Woodrow Wilson falls by 22 in that one. Tucker County, 75-31 winners over the Trendy Warriors. That's your BasketballNight.com girls basketball update. Thank you very much, Coach. And the St. Mary's Blue Devils right now, if you want to talk about uh, girls basketball, they're 10-1. and one. Boys basketball, they're 5-3. and three. That's a pretty good start for both programs. Craig Dutton joins us on the program now. And, Craig, uh, as I mentioned, that's a good, good start as we uh, start to get into the uh, – really the meat of the schedule into the, the middle portion of the season now. And uh, St. Mary's boys and girls both looking formidable as we cross the halfway point. They're looking pretty good. I mean, the girls uh, had a really good week. Uh, they After I last talked to you, that next day they went to Madonna, got a good win off them. And then this week they had a big, long break until tonight, which which those games tonight are part of the St. Mary's High School Invitational uh, that we're hosting. We're having the consolations in championships tomorrow at St. Mary's High School. And, of course, um, the win tonight over Wark County set up a nice matchup in the top five for the girls this week. Tucker County will be taking on St. Mary's 
uh, in the St. Mary's High School Invitational Championship tomorrow at 730. And that will be a great matchup for those two teams. I mean, first time around, Tucker won by three points. And they're both evenly matched, I would say. Having the game over at St. Mary's would be a little bit more of a daunting task, I'm, I'm sure, for the Lady Mountain Lions. But, yeah, St. Mary's girls have, have had a pretty good week. This week for the boys, they're 1-1. One and one. They, they beat Richie, and they lost to Work County last night. And, honestly, a Work County team that has natural-born talent. I, I don't know what they average-wise in their height, but they've got a team that averages well over 6 foot. They've got Tristan Nichols, who stands at six foot seven. They have two guards. They're point guards at six foot five. Uh, Luke Smith. So, Work County is getting a lot better too, and they're going to be playing for the championship tomorrow versus Frontier Ohio. So, overall, the St. Mary's boys though falling back to five and three. That doesn't hurt them. It'll help. It'll help get them ready for tomorrow's game. They'll have South Harrison if they come through with that one. Then they got to look forward to having a rematch with Williamstown. So, uh, and obviously Williamstown is a big rival. Um, anytime those two yeah. get together, it's a uh, it's a good atmosphere in Williamstown beat St. Mary's in the uh, first the first time around this year in boys mm-hmm. back on December 19th. So you're looking at a possibility here over the next few days for boys and girls to avenge losses. And uh, I hate to kind of lump them together because each is their own entity. But, uh, again, not often that happens. Right. Yeah, it don't happen that often. With the, with the girls team, though, they've been pretty, you know, I'll say they've been pretty blessed over the years. They've had really good talent come into that program, and Coach Howard Meeks, you know, he's really uh, he's really taken that talent and tried to make them play at their full potential over the years. Uh, the girls have just been amazing. Ashley Hall had a great night tonight. Jordan Fox, all of them all together are doing good. But you're right, coming into these games this week, they must get a you know avenge that loss to Tucker County. The boys. They'll have to do a lot more to try to get that over Williamstown. Williamstown all around is a very good team this year. Uh, of course, Scott Sorrow, coaching that program down there, has done a wonderful job over the years and getting them ready. And they, they, you know, they've taken their lumps over the years, and now they're they're starting to see things turn for the better for the Yellow Jackets. So, like you said, the boys have a lot harder track, I would say, throughout the season, especially that knowing a lot of games at home are going to be this month. In the month of February, I think they only got one game home, and that's versus Magnolia at the end of the season. All right. Craig, help me out here because I know a lot of folks yeah. throughout the throughout the state may may or may not know St. Mary's just built a brand new school more or less in the last year. Yeah, um, is there a new basketball gym to go with that? Oh yeah, we uh, we moved in last year. First game was versus Ravenswood. Um, had old uh, old Mick Price bring his boys in <laughs> and, and the girls team. And uh, the girls came away with the victory, and so did uh, – no, girls almost came away with the victory because Ravenswood was really good there at one point last year in the girls. And then the boys managed to get the first win versus uh, Nick's squad. And that was a good way to start last year. And this is the second full year. It's a whole lot bigger than the old school, which is going to be tore down this next year. But you're right, the facility is great, state-of-the-art, very bright facility. I love it. As a public address announcer, I really enjoy it. Twelve speakers and everything. Everyone says they can hear you clearly for once. But there's one thing I miss. is the old gym where the, loud, the noise just got so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. I enjoyed that. I don't know how many other people really enjoyed it. I, I did. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you, you can't put a price tag on uh... – the little the little things like that uh, and that make places yeah. special, but at the same time, when you when you get a nice new open area, and you mentioned twelve speakers, because let's be honest, we've all been to 
ball games at arenas where we've heard a PA announcer be like, that's good. Bye. That sounds like, it sounds like Snoopy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct. I've had people say, I can't understand the word you're saying. I said, well, it's because only one of the four speakers are working. That's how it was at one time in the old gym. I was like, and there's a good chance it's older than you are. There's one facing me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, hey, Craig, always a pleasure. And uh, definitely I appreciate you taking time out to talk with us tonight. No problem. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad I got to talk to you guys tonight and everything. And as I said, it's glad to hear about the shootout down there in uh, Almingo County tomorrow. I'm glad to hear that they've got that all taken care of, especially with the consolidation that they're still able to get games in the old Williamson Fieldhouse. It's a it's a it's a it's a gym, not a not a G Y M. It's a G E M gym in West Virginia. Hey, Craig, always appreciate yeah. talking with you. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will talk with our student athlete of the week. We'll introduce you to him when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Felicity Van Gilder, Erica Bowles, Madison Webb. What they've got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week, and we've got a new one coming up next. If you've got somebody remarkable on your team, they made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players become part of the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week group. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Hey, don't forget our poll, too. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. And the question is, should the Martinsburg-Hedgesville boys game continue to be played? Well, you can vote yes, no, or yes in an empty gym. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll make sure to share the results with you at the end of the show this evening. Shout out to our new followers on Twitter. Thank you so much to Heather Taylor. Savage 14, The Sixth Man, Luke Roberts, Ryan White, M.R. Moore, T.J. Wood, and Haley McComas. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 10-18 here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you as we're almost halfway through the fastest three hours in radio and what was quite frankly maybe the fastest week it felt like. It feels like we were just here. And uh, but here we are again a week later, and um, you know, several games we'll talk about much more in depth as we go on throughout the night. But right now, 
It's time to introduce you to our student athlete of the week. Dalton Gray is a junior with the boys basketball team at Webster County and the Highlanders uh, junior standout joins us now. Dalton, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, first off, congratulations on being our student athlete of the week. And uh, before we get in- into your individual accomplishments, your basketball team, 9-0, and off to a fantastic start. Tell me a little bit about uh, how-, how you guys have been playing uh, to this point in the season. Well, so far we've been playing pretty good, uh, getting the ball up and down the floor, playing a lot of team ball, and even though a few games we haven't played too great, we've been hustling and working our butts off to get the W. 19 points, 7 rebounds in the win over North Marion, averaging 21 points, 9 rebounds a game only as a junior, but not only are you getting it done on the court, Dalton, uh, getting it done in the classroom as well, a member of the National Honor Society, while holding up a 3.8 GPA. Your mother said your your love is basketball, but tell me about the, the student part of the student-athlete. How important is it to keep things taken care of in the classroom and then take care of basketball on the backside of that? Well, well it's huge. Just main main thing is just pay attention and you know listen to our teachers and let them teach us and they'll do their thing and just pay attention and keep our grades up so we can play basketball. Dalton, it's it's a big deal. As we talked about, off to the 9-0 start, tell me about this season. What has allowed this team to really have everything clicking to where you guys are off to such a, a nice start in Class AA? Well, we've played – most of us on the Whoops County team played ball since we were just – able to pick a basketball up so that helps a lot knowing each other what we can do knowing our role in the team but so far everyone's contributing we're playing good doing what coaching others are asking us to do and it's causing us to be successful well i i have to ask dalton um obviously with this great start uh how has the community in the Cowan, Wester Springs area. Uh, obviously, a lot more people finding their way down Highlander Drive to the gym on uh, on nights when you guys are at home. Tell me about how that has grown. and ha- Have you noticed that throughout the course of this season? Well, uh, Brett Morris, as Coach Nutter said, I think last week, he started a thing called the Wester Wilds. And uh, the Wester Wilds has died down the past two years, but they're coming back this year, and more and more kids are coming out, creating the student section, and the bleachers are full. The games are getting intense, and then Webster Wilds are all over the place. Well, the Webster Wilds definitely uh, will be ready to go tomorrow night, I'm sure, as you guys take on Ravenswood, and then uh, next week games with uh, Braxton County and Gilmer County. Uh, Dalton, congratulations on being our Student Athlete of the Week, and we wish you guys the best of luck moving on throughout the course of the season. I'm just honored you guys selected me. Uh, hey, that that's all you, man. That's our junior, uh, Dalton Gray, Student Athlete of the Week from Webster County. And uh, guys, community support really is just um, something that, 
builds. We talked about that with Coach last week a little bit, but uh, especially at these rural schools, it can be hard to get to a place on a Friday night, but it can also be the community gathering spot on any night. Whenever you play Tuesday night, Friday night, any night of the week when you have a home game. And James, it makes it a little more special, though, when you can look up and uh, you don't see a whole lot of plastic uh, seating. You just see people. Well, and you, you see kids at, a, at the youth level, and I call high school still at the youth level. Uh, when you see them succeed, it's so easy to get behind them. And, and it really is. It's in, you, you see a team like Webster County that maybe shocked a lot of people out of the gate this year, this 9-0 start. But it does. And in a community to where you, you're, you're royal, there's not a lot of things to do. And on a Friday night when you have the kids that you've watched grow up all year, you, you know everybody in the town by the first name, you want to go support these kids. And, I mean, what else do you have to do on a Friday night than, than throw your five bucks down, have some popcorn, and watch these kids succeed? And that's that's one of the great stories that we get to share each and every week throughout the entire state. But this is just one of many that happens, Coach Marone, in, in the Mountain State every single year. Yeah, and it, it goes on all the time. And like you said, it's easy to get behind uh, uh, kids and, and programs that really are positive and that uh, they teach a lot of life lessons. I know all of us enjoy sports and, and covering it from the broadcast side and having participated in it. Um, I'm just waiting on Ryan to whip out the old jersey he's got that's still about 25 years old, but still holding up. They used to make them a lot better than they do now. And it wasn't so bad getting the ball out of the peach basket. I don't think either Ryan was it when you had to score one. But but I think it's been a traditional thing, and I think that the, the skills that kids learn in sports you don't find anywhere else. It's not going to be in the classroom. It's not going to be with their friends. And a lot of it, unfortunately, is not at home because it's about being part of a team. And really, life is about working with others. It's about making things better when you're part of a group or organization. That's why we love sports. I love being a part of it. And that's what you try and convey to kids. But, uh, James, you're right. When it's a positive environment, there's nothing like it. And to see a community rally around a team like Webster County, uh, it's exciting for us to cover the the Highlanders and teams such as them. Well, I I remember when I I was living in Louisville and – it was the team there from nearby Pleasure Ridge Park that went all the way to the Little League World Series and actually won the entire thing. And you think Valley Sports, Valley Little, Sports League. Little League, and actually got to play against them. Uh, my son's eleven-year-old year wasn't pleasant. <laughs> uh, that was a few years after they won the Little League World Series, and their numbers went uh, exponentially much bigger. But uh, we'll leave that for another day. But you think? Do you think of a town the size of Louisville? two and a half million people probably that throughout the the tri-state area between uh everything there in jefferson county shelby county oldham county even uh down into bullet county which is southern louisville but that everybody went berserk i mean they had a they had a town parade they down through downtown louisville they shut the city down for 12 13 kids ages 12 and 13 they, they literally gave them the key to the city and i mean it was a great event we didn't know any of these kids. I mean, we didn't play in them in, in the league that I coached. But it was one of those special things. You had a unique bond to these kids because they were part of your community. It was special. I mean, you see kids from Louisville on the on the national television screen, and it's like, hey, I, I know where those guys play. I know what's going on. And it was kind of a, a, a neat story because my next-door neighbor actually taught school at Pleasure Ridge Park and had two of the kids that were the stars on the team in her classroom, and get to hear the stories about them, how they reacted. And it's, it's just one of those neat things that it doesn't matter whether it's a big city, a little city, wherever in the United States, 
it's easy to jump on things like this and support kids when they're successful, and that's exactly what we're seeing in Webster County this season. You realize it's been 15 years since that magical I, I didn't want to, but I mean, uh, thanks, yeah. man. Nick, but, uh, you're just trying to get my age out tonight. Hey, no, Barone's no. already put me on the pedestal. <laughs> hey, the old 9- and 10-year-old tournament state champions was held at uh, CK Little League. Uh, it's been moved now down to Greenville, North Carolina, but uh, Coach Marone and I called a lot of games there. We actually saw a Valley Sports Little League team representing the same league to come over and represent the state of Kentucky uh, one year. We saw Warner Robins, Georgia as 9, 10-year-olds, the same group that would go on to the World Series. Not the one that won it, the one that, but the one that came yes. after that, that, that got beat by uh, uh, the uh, team from San Diego. Yeah, the California uh, monsters. Yeah, Those they, guys were yeah, huge. Yeah, and uh, Cortez Broughton now, by the way, who we saw then as a football player at the University of Cincinnati. And uh, a lot of those guys were playing baseball. And we saw the softball nine and, or 11- and 12-year-old tournament was there one year as well, uh, with, where the winner went to the World Series, which was also Warner Robins, Georgia. And some of those girls were in college. And uh, it's, just, it's fascinating, though. Coach Rowan and I got to see that at its uh, kind of – that's about where it starts. Nine and ten is when you first really get to go somewhere way away from home and go play. Well, I tell you, uh, it starts there, Ryan, and, and really the, the, the landscape has changed in sports. But even on a local flavor, a lot of the kids we saw there in that Little League uh, division went on to state uh, championship caliber teams. I think of the Hurricane Group. I think of some of the J.T. Rogoszewski from, from Bridgeport, saw, yeah. uh, some of those teams that rolled through that 11 uh, Dante Bonamico. We I saw mean, him. We, we were there. I mean, and then now you see those kids going to the next level, and, and that's really the enjoyable part. Yeah, it shows our age a little bit, but on the same token, and it really shows that they do start to emerge at a young age. And you can remember some of those names, too. Uh, that's what uh, that's just what's, comes in and out. I'll show my age even a little bit more here. I go back to the days of I remember playing against Brandon Webb in high school. Whoa. And, he, and you took him deep. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, when he was on the video games, I couldn't hit him any better on there than I could in real life. <laughs> but uh, I know we kind of we kind of turned into baseball there a little bit. But you don't want uh, me it's on still baseball. Still, juice sports. Uh, uh, no, we do, but just not on this show right now in, in depth. But no, you get the point there, though. That it, it's it's a kids' game, and it's representative of communities and seeing communities get behind them. Um, the, the Hurricane Lily baseball team that year that they had the eleven and twelve year old regional, and uh, they had maybe three thousand people show up there at Cerrito Canova for a baseball facility that seated three you know twelve hundred or so, <laughs> and uh, you know Wayne softball was there and. Uh, they had 2,000 people, which is more than the town of Wayne has. Those girls went on and won state championships in, in high school as well. So um, you get to see a lot of it there, and you see that community pride kind of swell and build, and it really is special. And uh, we'll talk more with Coach Marone before we let him get out of here uh, after a while uh, about – I mean, he was in a, a very good environment for, for high school athletics in terms of a good crowd last night and, uh, and in a rivalry game. And, and just uh, how that helps everyone who's involved w- with that. And we'll talk much more about all of that. We'll also talk about what I think is the best collection of girls' basketball teams in a single venue that's coming up on Martin Luther King Day on Monday. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
Congratulations tonight to Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders. Dalton was selected as the standout athlete of the week here on Basketball Friday Night. If you've got somebody remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, nominate them. Go to basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill it out, we'll take it from there. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And we want you to follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team scores and give us your comments on the game. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. And these are all new followers, including Jimmy Dale Chapman, Heather Taylor, Jonesy, JT Martin, Madison Tranum, Stephen, Fort Fry Class of 2020, Terry Blankenship, Richard Mason, KG32, Garrett Gilkson, Alex Hart, Betty Hegarty, DJ Bird, Mark, Scott Ward, Baby Girl, Jim Bovest, and Brock Allen. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Call the show tonight. We want to hear from you toll-free, 855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, high school basketball's voice. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 10.33 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we continue on through the 2015-2016 high school basketball season in the state of West Virginia. We're about the halfway point now. Most schools have played between 10, 11, 12 games, somewhere in there. You get to the point where you're starting to see some teams that are are separating themselves, maybe not necessarily individually. We already knew going into the season um, that Morgantown's girls were going to be really good. Of course, Tara McCutcheon leaving Parkersburg South to go to East Lansing, Michigan, uh, really uh, changed Parkersburg South a little bit, but they've still played well without her, and, and, and Taryn has done well up at, uh, in East Lansing already as well. So so that's that's been okay for both those and everybody involved so far. But uh, AA boys, we knew that Fairmont Senior, Poco were going to be really good. Uh, AAA boys, we knew Huntington was going to be really good. They're off to a great start again. Uh, single A girls, obviously St. Joe is the, is the team to beat, and they're off to a fantastic start as seems like always now and uh single a boys we knew was going to be something that was going to be a little bit up in the air so what we've had though to this point of course William central still with uh, chase harler uh, and magnolia with a lot of people back to preston boswell and company from a year ago are uh all you know teams that are still highly highly thought of but in double a girls basketball wyoming east is really good obviously um You've got really good teams, too. The Big Ten is just full of them. 
And the Cardinal Conference has some really good ones. And Bluefield's pretty good as well in, in the top ten. And that's what makes the coming up uh, the event that's coming up in uh, at East Fairmont uh, a, a really big deal. And I want to talk about that much more in a moment, but it is 10.35, so I have to get a scoreboard update first. We'll go with, uh, once again, on a tried-and-true method here. James, if you can all get the boys' scores and coach around and get the girls' scores. We'll mix the order up a little bit. We'll go from the bottom up this time. We'll start first with Bluefield. They get a nice three-point victory over Westside, 66-63. Collier with 17. Thompson, 13 for the Beavers. Renegades gets a game-high 22-point performance out of Cook. Final from Wayne and Scott. The Pioneers with a one-point win over the Skyhawks, 62-59. Wayne picks up its third win of the year. Buffalo 56, Valley Fayette 43. University moves to 8-1 with a 68-65 victory over Brook Bruins. Wyoming East advances its record to 7-2 with a 111-54 win over Summers County. Tyler May knocks down the triple with one second to go as Tug Valley remains undefeated and snatches away a victory over St. Joe 61-58. Roan County 56, Ritchie County 42. Ripley with a one-point win as Brandon Knapper's shot for the Black Eagles out of South Charleston comes out of the bucket. 64-63, Chase Johnson, 20 points, 7 rebounds in the win. South Charleston, last ranked number 4 in the AP poll, has lost its last three after starting off 5-0. Park Catholic, 56, Ravenswood, 48. Greenbrier East, a 2-point win over the Princeton Tigers, 54-52. Tucker County, 71, Preston, 41. It was Parkersburg over Nitro, 71-54. Tyree Barker's 33 points for Riverview gives the Raiders a 59-55 win over Mountview. Mountview led this game 32-16 at the break. Martinsburg 72, Spring Mills 31. Madonna 62-56 win over Weir. Logan led at the break 18-15, but Phil Bledsoe hits the buzzer beater in double overtime. As Willing Park advances to 7-2 on the season with a 49-47 win over the Wildcats. Lincoln County, 62-50 winners over Point Pleasant. Liberty Raleigh knocks off Nicholas County, 81-68. Lincoln defeats Liberty Harrison, 63-44. Morgantown, the Mohicans scalp John Marshall, 92-37. It was Musselman over Jefferson, 66-53. Shady Spring with a three-point win over Independence, 59-56. Tolliver with 17 for the Patriots. Riverside... Knocks off Hurricane in a great battle between these two clubs. 52-47. Riverside moves to 8-1 on the season. 100 defeats East Richland, Ohio, 76-48. Meadow Bridge with a 35-27 win over Greenbrier West. Meadow Bridge's Dylan Walker has 12 in the winning effort. Justin Eastep, if this is correct, scores all 27 points for the Cavaliers. Oak Hill hands Fayetteville its first loss of the season, 76-69. Oak Hill winners for only the third time this year. Fairmont Senior with a two-point win over RCB. Darius Nunn's shot at the buzzer give the Polar Bears the two-point win. They move to 8-2. Grafton 87, Elkins 55. Notre Dame over Clay Battelle 81-37. Charleston Catholic with a nice win over Wahama 57-35. 
It was Chapmanville defeating Mann 67-64. Mann led the first three quarters by 11. And then fell to Chapmanville in the end. Huntington nearly turns up a nice double-digit lead in the third quarter and allow the Capitol Cougars to try to steal one away. But the Highlanders move to 9-0 and stay atop the Class AAA standings with a 76-73 win over Capitol. Buchanan Upshur, an 82-79 win over East Fairmont. Bridgeport stays undefeated in Class AA, 84-80 win over the Lewis County Minutemen. Kaiser defeats Berkeley Springs, 73-40. It was Tigers Valley over Harmon, 79-40. Magnolia defeats North Marion, 73-45 in the Knights Round Ball Classic. We have a winner out of Sissonville and Clay County. The Indians defeat the Panthers, still waiting on a confirmation of that final score. East Hardy, 87. Moorfield, 63 in the Hardy Boys Hardwood Classic. Bishop Donahue, a four-point win over Payton City, 49-45. And Pendleton County defeats Pocahontas County, 68-48. Let's flip the coin on the basketballnight.com scoreboard and look at the girls' side tonight. We'll start at the bottom as well. Don't let James one-up us one on the scoreboard. Tucker County rolls over Trinity, 75-231. Woodrow falls to Cabell Midland, 55-33 in favor of the Knights. St. Mary's, 79. Work County, 31. Wyoming East. 88-33 winners over James Monroe. Nicholas County gets a hard-fought victory over Polka. The Lady Dots fall 42-41. Greenbrier West, 43. Montcalm, 39. Wheeling Park, 75-52 winners over Oak Glen. And the 100 Hornets, 49-39 winners over East Richland, Ohio. The 100 Hornets, 1-10, get a big win tonight. That's a look at your girls' scores on the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Big day coming up Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, schools will be out, but still basketball will go on. And one of the top events I think that there is you'll, that you will find what will be a, maybe a mini preview of state of state tournament caliber play will be taking will be taking place at East Fairmont. As what on earth was that? <laughs> that was Twitter, Meyer. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, James. I'm trying to watch you, the you, Phil. You, you, I, I haven't had a chance to watch Phil Phil Bledsoe's buzzer beater. Okay, you had a chance I, to. I watch already it. retweeted it, my but, friend. But I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I've been doing scores. Uh, Leave uh, me alone, Apple. All right, all right. You do scores, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk with James Backman, the head coach of the East Fairmont girls basketball team, the Lady Bees, and the hosts of that uh, big event coming up on Monday. And Coach Backman, first off, thank you very much for joining us, and. Uh, you're you're a big help for us uh, on uh, on several fronts in this program, uh, and a big thanks to you for all of that as well. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, tonight, guys. I really appreciate it, and I want to thank uh, you guys from our area on everything that you do for uh, basketball. Well, certainly, uh, one you're welcome, and two, thank again. We it's it's, it's you guys who uh, make it all work and. Uh, James is over here still enjoying this buzzer beater. but oh, That's uh, my computer doing something on its own. I apologize on that one. All right, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Coach, uh, coming up on Monday, girls basketball, you've got five games, ten teams, and they're all pretty darn good, too. Um, do you want to talk about uh, a little bit about what's going on there with the uh, MLK? Uh, uh, first of all, what's the name of it? But um, the MLK Classic, or does it have a name? It's East Fairmont Classic. East Fairmont we're Classic. Having on, we're having on Martin Luther King Day. So, um, as, as Coach Marone can contest uh, 
we have to do things uh, on the girls' side of the basketball to get excitement for uh, girls' basketball. Um, and what our idea was, and I'm, I can't take all the credit, I uh, kind of piggyback with Coach Retton as the one at Fairmont Senior on the boys' side. And I saw how that well that was taken off. So with on the girls' side, we wanted to uh, bring some teams in, some high-caliber teams, uh, get some excitement going. I, I talked to some area coaches, talked to some coaches statewide, and they were all for it. And we've got some really good matchups for this East Vermont Classic. It's starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. You've got Kaiser versus Bridgeport. Noon, Grafton versus uh, Frankfurt. 2 o'clock is... Uh, Coach Hawkins uh, from Lincoln versus Bluefield. I know you've talked to Coach Hawkins already uh, uh, earlier on the show. Four o'clock is Wyoming East versus North Marion. And to finish off the day, uh, East Fremont versus Pikeview. So out of the ten teams in top uh, in AA, I believe seven are ranked. That's, uh, <laughs> so that's pretty good. Uh, Coach Marone, it sounds like you just went down the rankings and uh, just brought teams in. <laughs> well, Coach Beckman, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. You do a great job promoting uh, girls' basketball uh, all across the state. And, and I agree with Ryan. I mean, I tell you what, you got a who's who of the heavyweights in AA. And, uh, you know, I know that that was a, a goal that you put forth. And, uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about uh, how girls' basketball – I mean, you're in that Big Ten conference, and uh, we know how rugged that is just in your area, but how girls' basketball has really exploded statewide. Oh, definitely. Uh, especially in our conference out of the uh, 13 teams, there's there's no uh, night off. Uh, you better get ready to play uh, every conference night on our Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you don't, uh, one of those high-caliber teams in the Big Ten Conference is going to put it to you. Um, you look at, at our schedule right now, the five losses that, that we have at East Fairmont, um, the two, three, and four team in the state, Lincoln, Fairmont Senior, North Marion, in our conference alone. Uh, is two, three, and four. So there's there's quality teams within the conference. There's there's quality teams outside the conference. I really liked uh, Coach Morono. You and I got together and did the Big Ten Cardinal ch- uh, Challenge. Uh, that was good for the area to see. And girls basketball is, is at an all-time high, in, in my opinion, in the area, along with around the state. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about your team here before we we don't want to just uh, ignore you guys. Again, two uh, back-to-back wins here uh, over the past week. Uh, I went over Pocahontas County, who's been a, a regular in, in terms of making it to Charleston Class A uh, in recent years. And then I uh, went over a ranked AAA Buchanan Upshur squad uh, last night. That was a big win for your team. That was a huge win for our team. That was a uh, nice quality win for our program. Uh, we started off last Saturday at Pocahontas beating the number 10 uh, team in single A, and then we carried on this last night with uh, the number 8 team, Triple A beating the Cannon. So it was a huge uh, victory for us. Hopefully we build off of this when we turn around and play Pikeview, which is, I believe, number 11 in double A. So <laughs> we'll get a rebound and uh, get ready for Pikeview on Monday. So it, it was a good win for us, like I said. Um, it was good to see the, how our girls uh, came together, how uh, we were able to hold on for the, for the victory. It got pretty close in the fourth quarter, so it was good for us to, uh, like I said, pull through the victory. And final question before we let you go. I know that it's it's sometimes difficult to really know a whole lot about who you're playing, although technology has changed that a little bit. But uh, you know, you're playing Pikeview, who is you know, from Mercer County in the far southern portion of the state, 
And uh, I know they've got Madison May scoring over 30 points per game for that ball club. How do you prepare for a team when you, you kind of you know that they've got a player, but maybe you haven't been able to see a whole lot in advance? Well, I've got, I've got a great coaching staff that's, that's doing a phenomenal job of, of scouting uh, opponents that we play throughout the season. We're well aware of uh, the caliber player of Madison May and Ashley Scott, what they're going to be bringing to, uh, to the table when we play them on Monday. So what we, what we try and do is a uh, caliber player like that, like I've always said, is that girl's going to get hers. She's going to get her touches. Uh, you got to try and stop her the best you can and contain the girls around her. And that's, and that's what we're going to try and do on Monday. Well, Coach Beckman, we uh, certainly appreciate you again for all that you've done for us, and we uh, certainly uh, wish you the best of luck going on throughout the remainder of the season and looking forward to that big event on Monday. I appreciate you guys uh, having me once again. Thank you for everything once again. And Coach Marone, uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks very lot, Coach. Same to you. All right, that's James Beckman, the head coach of the East Fairmont Lady Bees. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll talk with Joe Schmidl head coach of the University Hawks boys team. And we're going to talk about some things while we can here uh, bigger than the game of basketball. We'll talk empty gyms. We'll talk middle school games stopped by fights. Many people suspended. These happened out of state, but they're real problems that can happen here anytime. We'll talk about that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com takes just one click to watch listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking on listen live tab become part of the basketball friday night family we'd like for you to become our correspondent update us on your team's games follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup you can also call the show tonight toll free 855-345-4709 855-345-4709 give us an update on your team's game you can tweet text email or give us a call find out how by visiting basketballnight.com special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight and mentioning twitter all the new followers everybody we've mentioned in tonight's show is a new follower including these new followers Stacy Ramsey, Scott Ward, Scott Parsons, Insane Indians, Michael Constantino, who happens to be the father of Marcus Constantino. My only question is, why wasn't he following us two years ago? Lester Harbin, SIVU Women's Hoops, John Ralston, Tisha Gray, Woodsy, Doyle Baker, and Ross Johnson. Thanks for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Once again, send us all the updates on your team's games via Twitter. Really helps us catch all the finals and all the game scores. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. With you until midnight. Coach Marone's going to have to jump out early, though. He's got an early game scheduled for tomorrow, so we'll, we'll try to touch on some topics with him in just a moment. But quickly, let's go back to the phone lines. Joe Schmidl, head coach of the University Hawks boys team. Coach, uh, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Your ball club now eight and one on the season, and uh, tell me a little bit about uh, where the Hawks are after uh, tonight's uh, victory over the Brook Bruins. Well, we had a tough one tonight. I'll tell you what; uh, everything was going our way for quite quite a while, and we were up. Uh, I think we were up nineteen on two separate occasions in the third quarter, and. Uh, Brooke just wouldn't go away. Thomas Cole for, for Brooke. Boy, he was just a beast inside. and They just kept pounding into him, and they kept chipping away and chipping away and almost came back and, and got us. Uh, we, my senior uh, point guard, Tyler Park, made a couple big free throws there with about 15 seconds to go to put us up three. and We played, played some pretty good D there in the last 15 seconds to hold on and get out of there. It was a tough win tonight. Coach, when you have a win like this and you play a team that on paper you should easily get past, and you talked about you had a 19-point lead twice in this game in the second half, how big of a lesson is this for the team to take back in the locker room of making them understand if they want to run at the state championship every single night out, you have to be at your best because there's someone out there waiting to knock you off? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they know that. and We obviously discussed that with them and, on lots of occasions, and uh, you know, the, the thing with these kids is they they find ways to win. Um, uh, last year, I think we probably would have let a couple of these games slip away. We've had had four real close games come down to the wire, and uh, this was the first one where we really had lost the lead. Um, you know, I had to give a lot of credit to Brooke. They just played lights out in the second half. They didn't hardly miss, but um, our kids didn't lose their composure, and uh they love each other, and they, they play well together. And uh, when things get tough, they stick together and find a way to pull things out. Something that that really stuck out to me, Coach, and the, the game that, that kind of put me to think, hey, University really does have something here, was the win over Parkersburg South. And, and that's been a little more than a week ago now, but uh, that's a good program. You picked up a five-point win over the Patriots at home, and um, – uh, that's you know Parkersburg South runner up last year. I know they lost a lot, but still Garrett Gilkison back. Uh, that's one of the teams that's kind of a measuring stick toward how you can fare if you can get to Charleston, and you certainly passed that test. Well, we passed that test at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you have know, to do it again. Parkersburg South. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, the key's staying out of there, Jim. Yeah, that place, <laughs> that's a tough place to play. But uh, I tell you what, that's feel like you're down 20 walking into that place and i'm sure they'll be ready for us when we go down there but uh you know it's, it is a measuring stick you know everybody knows that i mean that's that's probably one of the two or three teams and and uh on that side of our region then and wheeling park and uh you know of course parkersburg had a big win the other night against south charleston and 
I'm telling you what, guys, Brooke is the best one in eight team you'll ever see. Uh, of course, they gave Willing Park a run for their money last week, too. But if, if you're going to get to Charleston, uh, if, if you don't win your section, then you're going to have to typically go through Parkersburg South or Willing Park to get there. And neither one of those places are easy to win. And it's good to get a little bit of confidence knowing that we can at least, uh, you know, compete with those teams. And our kids believe and they've worked hard. And, uh, you know, I think the next two or three weeks we'll get a little better idea of just how good we are because um, we'll see all those teams again. I think three of our – actually our next three games are Willing Park, home, then Parkersburg South and Morgantown on the road the following week. Uh, I think after Willing Park next week we have eight games in a row on the road. Yeah. Uh, Big Atlantic and we play GW in the Civic Center. and Well, you know, we'll, we'll find out here in the next two or three weeks. Uh, enjoy your gym next week. It'll be the last time you see him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, hey, Coach. Uh, we end up. Uh, go ahead. If, if, if weather permitting, you know, obviously this time of year you never know. But if uh, if we play here next week, we'll have had end up with five games in January is all. And we've only had one snow out and we'll play ten in February. So it's going to get pretty tough. Uh, there you go. That'll be a, a loaded February for you guys. Joe Schmidl, head coach of the University Hawks boys team. I uh, definitely appreciate him talking with us tonight. Now, before we let Coach Marone go at the top of the hour here, uh, quickly, we'll, we'll, we'll hit about four topics here just in succession <laughs> here. Uh, first off, uh, your game last night at Wayne, 51-49. Wayne gets the win. Uh, but your ball club, from all counts, and I, I literally I missed the game by about Ten minutes because I had other obligations. I came in there. I got in there just late. But from all accounts, your team played pretty well. Um, just couldn't get the the stop at the end, and then had a shot to win at the end. Maddie Wilcox comes basically from nowhere with a block shot. Uh, you were talking about that it was kind of an odd case of deja vu because she did something similar last year in your game. But well, you and Wayne have had just battles the last two years. Yeah, it's been a great uh, rivalry, and, uh, you know, they've uh, gotten a leg up on us the last couple times. And uh, so it was a great atmosphere uh, as far as uh, there was a lot of a lot of uh, interest uh, crowd-wise. Uh, you know, uh, we've had our ups and downs this year. They've got a lot better record than we do, but uh, we feel like our non-conference schedule has gotten us ready for conference play. We're 5-1 and one in the league. They're 6-0 and oh now. Sissonville's 5-0, and oh, I believe. So we still feel like that the conference championships within our reach, but our goal is to try and get out of our section. And Wayne is one of those teams in our sectional. Uh, Coach Williamson's doing a fine job there. And uh, we'll see him again in February in Glen Hayes. And then, uh, you know, if things uh, pan out, there could be another meeting in the sectional. But it was a great game last night. We had a lot of young kids that got their feet in the fire. And uh, I think the fans were treated to some really talented players in Wayne County on both sides. Yeah, from all accounts, uh, just an excellent, excellent night for a basketball game as well. Uh, uh, a good environment to play in for, for kids. But um, now – I want to move on to a couple of topics here real fast, and uh, I know we're, we're kind of tight on time, but uh, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is on hold. So, also, so the wait he begins. Can, he's the wait begins, yes. I noticed he called in really late tonight. But nonetheless, um, first off, empty gym. That's part of our poll question. Should Hedgesville and Martinsburg play their games in an empty gym now after problems there last week? Well, Dayton City Schools in Dayton, Ohio, there were two schools that played each other that kept having problems. So? They cleared the gym out. Empty gym game. Your thoughts on that? 
If it gets to a point where people's safety and uh, uh, just the, the 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 gist of sportsmanship, I understand you're going to have the back and forth. That's part of it. That makes it fun. But I think when it an element of violence gets uh, brought in, it really it's distorted. Uh, I'm okay with that. I mean, that way the kids enjoy the game. Part of the experience, though, is the atmosphere you mentioned, and that's gone with an empty gym, but it may take some of that before people get the message that uh, this should be a celebration. That's what we do here with this program. That's why we're here is to celebrate it. So I, I don't have a problem with it. If the, it has gotten to a point where you're either going to do away with the rivalry game at all and penalize kids or you know play it in an environment that's kind of a sterile environment for the game. Wisconsin's uh, high school association wants to ban students from chanting air, they, they've advised it at this point <laughs> but we know how advisories go uh-huh. they want they don't want students to chant air ball scoreboard you can't do that or anything that could possibly be conceived as negative toward or perceived as negative toward an opposing team i, I think as long as you keep it clean and keep it reasonable don't make it like ultra personal i mean and what, everybody, what, what can you say? And everybody gets a trophy, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, that's the extreme. And, again, we're all competitors. We all want to compete. You're exactly right. I mean, when it's in good taste, it's fun. I mean, go to Cameron sometime. I've never been to Cameron Indoor. Would love to. The crazies there. It's all, in, it's all very uh, atmosphere-adding, uh, too. And, and James, uh, you can hop in, too. But that's part of it. And, uh, you know, there's so many chants and things that are not abusive. They're not singling somebody out. They're not derogatory in any way. And he mentioned a couple of those. I'm telling you what, when you can't holler air ball at a ball game, uh, it may be time to reevaluate how far we're going with this. Well, and as soon as I heard that report out of Wisconsin, I'll keep this really quick. I'll talk about it later on. But the first thing that came to mind was the student section battles at the Charleston Civic Center in the state tournament. I mean, there's some student sections that come in, and you get to watch them. They they do the virtual roller coaster and all the chants, warm up the bus. And it's it's some of the things that you see players, they, they interact with the crowd, whether it be their own or the crowd that has just been on them all night, and then they knock that big three down, and they they just like you know they give them the shush. <laughs> it's 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 fun because it's interaction and it's part of the game. But it's one of the things you you're, the word that you brought up safety. You have to be concerned about the safety of it because a lot of times it's not what's happening between those ten players on the court that's causing the issues. It's what's happening up in the stands that is spilling out onto the court. And one of the instances I'll talk about a little bit later on in one of those games that was over in Phelps, Kentucky, in a middle school game, there were fans left the stands. There was an official that was tackled at midcourt. I mean, he was almost gored like in professional wrestling style. There was a video on um, WYMT-TV that had a home video that someone had captured from their phone in in the stands. It was brutal. And we're talking about an eighth grade middle school basketball game. Something has to happen. I mean, like you said, we want to celebrate the kids. But you have to think, at what point does safety become a concern? The people in Dayton, there were some people that said, yeah, this is a great way to take it. But at the same time, you're punishing these kids, and you're only making it a one-game suspension for everybody. Well, we'll just won't go to that game. We'll come back and do it the next time. Mm -hmm. So when does enough become enough? Do you have to say, okay, it's a three-strike, you're out. You're caught the first time. You're suspended for a week, or as as a parent. But then you're having to put securities at at, at gates and having to put people on watch list. It's to the point to where I think we're going to start seeing some of these rivalry contests. They're going to play them on neutral sites, or they're going to put them in a gymnasium and leave everybody outside to watch. 
And before we go to break, the final thing, we talked about that, and James just touched on that situation in Phelps, Kentucky, which if you're, if you're unfamiliar, Phelps, Kentucky, Pike County, Kentucky, is right across the river from Williamson and Mingo County, West Virginia. Um, in fact, there are several people from Mingo County who go to, say, Belfry to play uh, sports. I mean, it happens. And uh, Coach Marone, uh, there were actually officials suspended after that fight. And, and I couldn't help but notice one thing that at a middle school game, and we'll talk, I'll talk with Bo Anderson about this in a moment too, but the officials in that game were wearing shorts. It looked like a youth league type thing. It really seemed like who are these guys are they really certified i don't know i'm not necessarily blaming them i'm not saying they did a poor job i don't know what they did wrong per se i don't know the the whole story but that seemed to me i noticed that immediately and thought that 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 has to that that lack of professionalism lack of formalness may have helped accelerate what happened yeah, I think uh, everybody has to do their job. I think that uh, James hit it on the head. Majority of the time, it's not the 10 between the lines. It's not the guys on the sideline. I'm not taking up for coaches. I'm one of them. But but if they do their job, the officials are professional. They're dressed professional. They manage the game. Everybody doesn't agree with the calls of officials. We all know that. How does everybody handle themselves that's in an official capacity? Who's the administrators at the game? Is there law enforcement there? What's your procedure to deal with that first incident when something happens? Or is it allowed to mushroom? So I, I think everyone has a job to do. If everybody does their job, you can have a safe, fun environment. But you have to deal with problems before they erupt. There's always, like you said, there's some signs and things that start to develop. If you don't deal with them, it can get away from you in a hurry. And James mentioned it, it got really ugly in that situation at a middle school game, which is, is really hard to believe. Yeah, quite frankly, it's just unacceptable. Absolutely. A- adults, you're adults. Yeah, no, no like other it. way to say it. It's like you said, unacceptable, and it's just that it needs to be stopped right there. Coach Marone, your Lady Rebels at Chesapeake, Ohio tomorrow, which is right across the river from here, but you still have to go back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell you what, excited about it. Chris Ball does a great job. A former player of mine, actually, when I was coaching uh, many years ago, uh, football, baseball, and he does a great job. They're 11-3, and three, one of the top teams in OVC. Big challenge for us. We've played every year for several years. It's a one-game deal, and we rotate back and forth. We're going to cross the Ohio and the, and go at it tomorrow at noon. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, letting me go home a little early today. Uh, you know, at my age, i got to get my sleep. But uh, I will be listening uh, to the program. Appreciate you guys, Fred, Marcus, uh, uh, Lance, the whole crew's back there. Mike, uh, uh, thank you guys uh, for everything you do. And I echo Coach Beck. Beckman's sentiments. Uh, you guys do a great job promoting basketball in West Virginia. So hey, glad we, to be a part of. He it. slipped into coach mode on us. <laughs> hey, hey, we uh, we called ahead. They left the back gate open, and there's a uh, little thing of tapioca pudding sitting on the nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach Marone, always a pleasure. Best of luck to your Lady Rebels tomorrow night at Chesapeake. We'll step aside, take a break, come back. We'll talk with Jared West, who just crossed the 1,000 point mark for Clarksburg, Notre Dame, and our resident referee Bo Anderson's on hold. Notice I didn't say we're going to take his call just yet. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Pass Race Force Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, 
WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.5 FM, WSPWLP in Barkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Don't forget to vote in the poll. Should the Martinsburg-Hedgesville boys games continue to be played? Yes, no, or yes in an empty gym? You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.08 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Yes, there's an empty seat. Coach Rick Marone has left. Well, you know he's still not left, but he's He's, working on it. He's exited stage right. Yes, he has exited. And and then there were two. James Collier and I with you uh, until midnight. I apologize for running over a little bit the last time at the top of the hour. Uh, Hope all of our affiliates are able to get your station IDs in. I sincerely apologize for that. Um, Sometimes we, we, we kind of back ourselves up against the clock. In a three hour show with just two minute breaks. Two minute breaks. It's, uh, sometimes it's a little tough to get. We've got a short segment here. We'll get everything back on uh, back under kilter. We've got Jared West here scoring his 1,000th point. We'll hear from Grant Trailer as well. He had the Huntington Capital game. We'll get him lined up and get a nice recap. And then, of course, Bo Anderson. Hope that uh, cell phone's got some nice charge on it tonight. Yep. Keep holding, though. We're not quite ready for you yet. We are ready for Jared West, though. He is the 1,000-point scorer now for his career at Notre Dame High School. Jared, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, your ball club, uh, another uh, off to a good start. Obviously, it's a team that a lot of people throughout the state realize it is a serious contender. Uh, again this year and a nine and one the, the lone loss coming to currently unbeaten tug valley uh that was the game that we talked with your dad about uh, a little bit um before it happened i know that's been a little while ago we'll talk more about the recent things in, in a moment but uh tug valley is one of those teams that's been there to the top to the pinnacle in class a you had a chance to get them at home they got the win but 
Tell me about playing against that caliber of team at home. And uh, I know you guys have played very good teams throughout the course of the last few years, but that's just an, another uh, type of uh, uh, of an opponent that you would see in Charleston. Yeah. Um, Tug Valley is a really good team. they got a lot of young players, a lot of talented players. And, um, you know, they beat us last year on their home floor. Um, and, you know, this year is just a fun game. It's a hostile environment. You know, they have good players. We have good players. Two very good teams. I think we're number three and they're number four at the time. Um, it's a great environment, great crowd. It's a, it is a very good game. But um, that game was really good for us. We learned a lot from that game. You know, we didn't really play the best. We didn't really play our best. And, um, but, you know, we recovered from it. We bounced back. And it was a, it was a good learning experience for the team. And Jared, think back a few years in the past and your first trip to Charleston in the state tournament, and now where this team currently sits at the top, one of the top teams in class single A, how much do you go back and take those experiences that you learned on that trip to Charleston and put those in context of saying what we learned then has us where we are now? Yeah. Well, my freshman year, that senior class, they they laid the foundation of our program. And, you know, getting to the state tournament – and losing Charleston Catholic in the semifinals, you know, it, it still leaves a better taste in our mouth. And the experience from uh, that game, most of us, including me, played in that game and was on that on, on that team. You know, that fits with us, and that and that really fit well. And um, we just we just the experience that we got from that game, the learning experience, and what we learned over the past few years. It's all just um, it's starting to come together and click. Now that we're um, we're not freshmen and sophomores anymore. We're juniors and seniors. So now it's all starting to uh, – it's all in our hands now. But um, it definitely helped us tremendously um, for now. Because once, once you get down there, you know, you win a game, you play a good team, you want to get back down there as fast as possible. And, you know, and, and you want to win. You don't want to just go down there and just lay an egg. You want to go down there and win. This really helps us. Jared, you have a, a very unique opportunity for the man that uh, patrols the sideline who wears two titles to you. On the court, it's coach. When you walk outside those doors, it's dad. But how, how for you, we've talked to, to the senior West and got his comments about that. How special and difficult at times is that for you to be able to distinguish between coach and dad? And tonight, how bittersweet was it to have your dad there on the sideline when you net that thousandth point? Um, it definitely is bittersweet because as a coach, you know, he wants to do he wants to be do what's best for me. And um you know, the same thing as the dad part. But also on the flip side of that, he's gonna get on me when needed. And you know, we bump heads we bump heads sometimes because, you know, I feel like, you know, my opinion is right and you know, his is obvious like he's a coach, I have to be listening to him. But the father-son thing, you know, we've gotten a lot better. Freshman year is really bad. Um, we didn't. We haven't really bumped heads a lot in the, over the last two years. It's, we've gotten a lot better. It's the bond that we've uh, that we have is really close. And you know, the fact that he's my coach and my dad has helped me tremendously in life and and in sports. It's just a good all-around thing. 
Well, Jared, I know you, you mentioned the difference there between your freshman year and, and now, and I'll give you – I don't want to be giving advice to people. That's not what we do here. But something that was told to me years ago by someone who I respect was that you have a finite number of opportunities. And there, the number of games you have left with your dad as your head coach is – I mean, there, there's a number on that. It, it's getting lower and lower as you go. I don't think that's something you want to think about at this point – but at the same time, does do you ever step back and say, I, I really need to soak every bit of this in because you will play college ball in, in a couple of years, and that, that dynamic will change? Yeah, I think about it all the time. You know, um, I'm going to continue to play basketball after high school, but it's not going to be the same as high school basketball with my team, my, my teammates, my like, you know, the school, and especially my dad being the coach, it, it's not going to be the same um, The same atmosphere, the same, uh, you know, demeanor overall, just the attitude and that comes with it. It's just not, you know, the whole opportunity is just totally different. So I definitely, uh, I think about that all the time. You know, I'm a junior in high school now. It's weird that I'm a junior. I've been with my dad um, all my life. But now I've been playing under him for this is now my third year, and the fact that it's just dwindling down, it's just, you know, you know I, I'm not a freshman anymore. I'm a upperclassman. I'm getting older, and it's just all coming. It's slowly coming to an end, but I'm just trying to embrace everything that I have with it right now. A year and a half left and an opportunity to make a lot of great memories still. And I know the, the, the center floor on championship Saturday in Charleston is the, the current goal. And we wish you, and obviously your father too, he, he's been great to this program as well. We wish you guys the best of luck moving forward. And uh, hey, by the way, they've got Wheeling Central coming up here in a little bit as well. So that's a, a great schedule they have as well. Jared West, thanks for calling. And uh, congratulations again on your 1,000th point tonight and your win over Clay Battelle. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to be one of the most highly recruited guards in the state of West Virginia in a great junior class right now in the state of West Virginia. And guess what? Uh, Kids from West Virginia can uh, play basketball. Yeah, yeah. At the highest level. We're seeing that uh, being proven. Yeah, firsthand. Firsthand, Uh, absolutely. And uh, we've got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll we'll go to Grant Trailer. We'll get a scoreboard update. And Bo Anderson, our resident referee, still hanging in there with us. This is Basketball Friday Night West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. We want you to become part of our Basketball Friday Night family. We'd like you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. And we want to help. We want you to help us tonight. There's three teams' games that we're looking for. We're looking for boys' scores for Hannon Wildcats versus Grace Christian, the Washington Patriots versus Hedgesville Eagles, and Union Tigers versus Pawpaw Pirates. Again, scores we're looking for tonight, and we'll have them all. Hannon Wildcats versus Grace Christian, Washington Patriots versus Hedgesville Eagles, Union Tigers versus Pawpaw Pirates. And you can get those scores to us many, many ways. You can call us toll-free, 855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. You can send it to us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. 
you can send us an email, scores at basketballnight.com. Don't forget, you've got a few minutes left to vote in tonight's poll question. And the question is, should the Martinsburg-Hedgesville boys game continue to be played? Yes, no, or yes in an empty gym? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. It's on the right-hand side of the page. you got till 11.45 tonight to vote. And we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. And we'll share the results before Bo Anderson's on. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For complete scores, visit basketballnight.com. Check out our Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also, if you go to the website, you can sign up to receive the scores as well so definitely uh many ways that you can get the complete scoreboard we're looking for a couple boys final scores hannon and grace christian union and paul paul now this is where our staff gets challenged those are four of the very smallest schools that are in west virginia three of them are public high schools grace christian a private school in huntington we're looking for scores of those two games hannon grace christian Union, Paw Paw. Those are the games that we're looking for scores for tonight. But again, all our scores, basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. And um, definitely uh, we'll get another full school board update at, uh, in, in a little bit. But before we do that, one of the marquee AAA boys basketball games of the night was between the Huntington Highlanders, undefeated, taking on Capital. They played for a bell in football. That's been a big rivalry, basketball rivalry as well. Grant Trailer, Herald Dispatch, he had the ball game tonight uh, covering that for the Herald Dispatch in Huntington. Grant, great ball game tonight. Highlanders get the win. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible atmosphere at Capitol High School tonight. And honestly, that's one of the most impressive things about Capitol over the last couple of years is that you've seen uh, them transition from a school that doesn't have much of a following in football and basketball, even though they've been successful, too. Uh, a school in which their home field and their home turf is very difficult to, to get a win. But just an incredible game on, on several different levels and and uh, very privileged to be able to cover that tonight for the Herald-Dispatch. 76-73, the final. Huntington getting the win. 9-0 and now. Capital now 8-2. and Their only other loss was to the prep version of Tays Valley Christian. Um, Grant Huntington had a good size lead in this ball game and had to hold on. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was kind of crazy. I mean, Huntington came out, they're coming off an overtime game against GW on Wednesday night, so you expected them to be a little bit fatigued, and it was the exact opposite. They jumped out, uh, led 26-8 to at one point in the first quarter, just jumped out all over Capitol and sort of shell-shocked Capitol. Uh, ended up taking a 21-point lead into the locker room. That lead grew to 23, but you know, 
Capital is a, a program that's very skilled, has a lot of pride, and they really buckled down defensively and started crashing the offensive glass and ended up coming back from a 23-point deficit to take the lead with about four and a half minutes to go. But J.R. Howard was the story of the night, and he's one of the most unsung players uh, that I see in the state on a regular basis. It's not that he's going to score 25 to 30 a night. He's not going to, you know, grab 15 rebounds a night, but consistent effort and poise under pressure. And he hits a three to put Huntington High back up. They go on a 7-0 run and retake the lead in an atmosphere that was absolutely crazy after Capital had just taken its first lead of the first and only lead of the game uh, late in the ball game. So uh, J.R. Howard, 25 points. 11 rebounds, uh, four assists, three steals, and two blocks in the final minute to keep Capital from getting opportunities at the basket. Very impressive effort from him. And, uh, you know, Capital and Heights and High are both teams that I expect to see in Charleston. I hope I get to see that rematch uh, later on in March. Grant, 18 team fouls between the two in the third quarter. How much did that affect <laughs> of what allowed Capital to club its way back in and actually take the lead in the fourth? Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Huntington High had such an offensive flow in the first half. I mean, everything was flowing well, you know, put up 45 points in the first half and and really couldn't miss. Tavian Dunmartin had 17 of his 21 in the first half, but with the fouls getting tighter early in the second half, and there were four fouls called within the first two minutes of the third quarter, so the tone was set. Huntington High really couldn't get into any offense, couldn't you know get into transition, which had helped them take the lead earlier in the contest. And because Capital was crashing the glass so hard, they actually have one possession in which uh, they went to the foul line, hit the front end of a two-shot foul, got the offensive rebound, got an and one, missed the free throw, got the rebound again, another and one. And so it turned into a five- or six-point possession right there for Capital and really turned the momentum of the contest. And, uh, you know, Capital had 10 fouls called on them in the third quarter, but they were able to get some fouls on Dejon Congleton. And uh, and Heisen High really had to sort of dig deep down low because the, the Cougars were just relentless on the glass in the third quarter and early fourth. But, uh, you know, definitely an up-tempo game. You know, both teams left it on the court. And I, I imagine there's some pretty sore and some pretty tired guys come tomorrow for both teams. Well, Grant, this Huntington Ball Club, two-time reigning state champions, had a six-point win over Woodrow Wilson back on December 21st, followed that with a two-point win the next night at Ireton, the win in overtime against GW on Wednesday, and then that battle tonight. What what impresses you most about them? There, there are a lot of things that are impressive about that ball club, and you, and you can basically put it into a nutshell tonight, the way they played to get the big lead the way they were able to come back because how many times do you see a team lose that big of a lead in the second half and can't hit that extra gear to finish off a team? Huntington's been able to win all the close ones this year. Well, and that's that's something to be said the last two years. Obviously, you know, having been champions the last two years, they know how to win tight ball games. I mean, they've done so in Charleston. They've done so on the biggest stage. But, you know, they're poised under pressure – you think of Huntington High, you think of athleticism, and I, I don't mean to you know, bring up a past stigma because I don't think it's, it's relative anymore, but Huntington High has always been known, always been thought of as very athletic but very undisciplined. 
if you look back three years and even before that, dating back to, you know, the O.J. Mayo, Patrick Patterson teams, and even so in football as well. And what's really turned around is the fact that those guys have a lot of poise. You know, J.R. Howard, uh, one of the things that Ron Hess talked about late in the game or uh, following the game was Howard's late-game poise and how, you know, he, he's the calming force for that team whenever things aren't going right and, and they need somebody to step up. And that's really been uh, what's been the most impressive is they've built a lot of chemistry because they've been together for so long. And they've got that poise under pressure, and they, they aren't, you know, they're not afraid of late-game situations because they've been in so many over the last three years to earn those two championships. Grant, one thing about the Capital Cougars, two players on this basketball roster that were so dynamic on the football field, Miguel Crunchy Bays and Kerry Martin. Bays a senior, Martin a freshman. How much did these two guys bring from the football field to this Cougars basketball team that instantly make them a better program? Well, Bays obviously is is a terrific talent, and uh, Martin couldn't really get on track tonight, and I think he ended up scoreless in the contest, but but uh, Bayes obviously is one of the state's best athletes. Now, you know, you don't want to try and harness him. He'll put up some shots from time to time that that aren't likely the shots that you want. Uh, he might, you know, force some things early. But he also has that knack for the big play, like uh, like what a lot of the guys in the state do. And uh, you you want to uh, to make sure that he's not thinking about. It. He's just going out and playing and and utilizing his strength and that capacity. He, he works so well off field, uh, you know, in the course of a game and, and the momentum. Like, he pulled up for a three-pointer and nailed it in that third-quarter run that got it to single digits and, and really got the crowd into the game. And, and he's that excitement factor, that, that guy that really uh, really sets the spark for everybody. And uh, just, just so many athletes on the court tonight. And it was a lot of fun because you think of, a lot of athletes, and you think that the basketball won't be very crisp, but both teams, you know, Capital did a great job of, uh, you know, using the pick and roll out front and, um, you know, getting into their offense and then crashing the glass or, you know, kicking out for a three even. And Hikton High really did a good job, despite some foul trouble with their posts, of uh, defending those and forcing a lot of turnovers early in the game to get out to their lead and using it for transition baskets. So it was a well-played game, and and uh, a lot to look forward to over the next two months for both programs. Well, Grant, always enjoy talking basketball with you, and I'm sure we'll see you tomorrow at the Cam Henderson Center. Yeah, and before I get off here, I, I know that you all talked to Jared West earlier. Uh, just one of the things that I love about this state is not only are there guys that can play at the next level, but they're next-level demeanors. And, and Jared West, uh, if you don't mind me talking on him for a second, He's a yes sir, no sir guy. Every time we talk to him at the state tournament, and that's the beauty of the state tournament, we get to know some of these kids from around the state that that aren't in our primary area yet. You know, seeing seeing kids like that succeed and and get the offers that he's gotten, it makes us happy because good kids in this state are being rewarded for being not only good players but good people. Absolutely, that there's so much truth to that right there. Grant Trevor, thank you so much. And, of course, Grant with the Herald-Dispatch, he covers Marshall women's basketball. The girls are the Marshall women are home tomorrow. Huntington, I do public address, so I'll see him there. Uh, yeah, we like that sound. We they're know what all, that means. They're all in. All scores are in. So we will talk more about that. We'll also have our resident referee, Bo Anderson, and talk to Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal.
Basketball Night in West Virginia continues after this on the Fast Breaks Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, and check out our website. Uh, many, many ways you can connect with us and send us scores and updates on your teams. Shout out to all the new followers we have, mentioning those on the air, including Jay Withrow, Drew Baker, Ross Johnson, Scott Parsons, Ben Reinhardt, Liz Underwood, Kevin Ryson, Justin Perry, Rusty Sovine, BHS Student Section, Haley McComas, TJ Wood, MR Moore, Ryan White, Luke Roberts, The Sixth Man, Savage 14, and Heather Taylor. Once again, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone james collier and ryan epling 11 32 on this basketball friday night in west virginia as we welcome you back here on the fast break sports network ryan epling james collier happy to have you along you know what happens when I start talking fast? It means we're getting backed up. That means we're getting back toward the end of the show, and we're running out of time, and we've got a lot of things still to cover. Bo Anderson is our resident referee. He joins us now on the program after only 34 minutes on hold tonight. Bo, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, you know what? I purposely called in later so you couldn't put me on hold for an hour and 50 minutes. So that's one thing. And another thing I want to mention, I'm going to attack Rick a little bit here. He, he's not in the studio, but I hope he's listening. I, I can understand, or I'm surprised, that he wouldn't want the student body section yelling air ball because when I played against him, that's all he shot. Against him. <laughs> so uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm surprised he really wasn't allowed to do that. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm on my way back from a game and uh, finally got on here, and I'm ready. <laughs> all right, James. I know you've got a, a specific question. For Co- coach, uh, we not coach. Well, yeah, we, we keep calling him coach. We can't do it. There's yeah. my there's my tea for the night. I always yeah. like to get my complimentary tea every game. I get one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Bo, <laughs> there was a situation that we t- we heard from Bill Nestor tonight in a game that he was broadcasting. It was late in the contest. 
a player was holding the basketball, trying to hold for the final shot near um, near midcourt. Then he, with the basketball kind of in his still in his hip, he did a jab step at the defender. The defender, the defender backed off, but the official called a five second violation. It then turned the basketball over to the visitors. They go down, and win the basketball game. Our question is, how does the five second rule work? Where does it start? And is there any verbal warning from the official or verbal anything audible on that count for a player that is dribbling the basketball that may have their back turned toward the official? No, never a verbal count at all. Okay, that's first. All right, the five-second counts, obviously it can only happen in the front court. The person can either be holding or dribbling the ball and someone who's guarding them maintain the six-foot distance. You know, that jab step may still not get that player six feet away because if you need to know what six feet is on the basketball court, from the foul line to the head of the key is six feet, or during the jump circle, from the semicircle to the midcourt strike, that's six feet. It's a bigger distance than you think it is, and therefore that little jab step, that guy probably never did – get six feet away from him if he was up on him tight and therefore can have an easy five-second violation on that. Uh, six feet, you can hold the basketball. Obviously, when you start a dribble, that starts a new count. And then when you pick the ball up, that starts a new count. So you could actually have possession of the ball for 12 seconds without a violation. But if any time, any point in time in that area, the official gets the five, then you got a five-second violation. The other part of that is it does not have to be the same player that gets the count continuing. If if a guy go, if a, a defender goes out and guards this player, and another defender jumps in the path and guards him, and the first defender backs off, if the second defender is within six feet, you keep that count going. If you were at a thousand three and you're going a thousand four, that way. So the defender. Really have to be on that player to still have a five-second violation. I think that that clears it. I, I mean, I think that pretty well clears clears that up. Um, I know it's difficult for a player. I don't. There, and as Bo mentioned, there's no verbal, uh, and, and it's understandable too. I think we're about to lose Bo because his uh, reception was was bad there. Uh, but James, we'll we'll talk about that. And Bo, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding with us. And I think he just had, happened to hit a bad cell area there on us. You could hear him breaking up a little bit. But um, I know there's no verbal, and I understand why there's no verbal. The official's got a whistle in his mouth first off. But um, as a player, I mean, you can you can see that you almost have to take everything in of keeping the defender away and keeping kind of the official in your peripheral vision to see if he's counting the armbar. Well, and you hear a lot of uh, a lot of coaches now. At least I have uh, broadcasting as well. You will hear coaches will say, "Counts on, counts on, counts on," and it's kind of one of those verbals to where a player is trained to listen for that coach's sound, and it's one of the things that kind of what we have to do in broadcasting. You you train yourself to know what voices you want to hear and when you want to hear them, and it's it's kind of a it's a very interesting thing as hearing how the court is broken up to where. 
because you, you're certainly going to get a lot of people that's going to say, oh, what's six feet? How do you know what's six feet? Was it really six feet? Was it six and a half? But when you hear about from the free throw line to the top of the key, that's six feet. Another six feet back from there. It gives them some, some kind of some eye, eyeballs to where they can say, here's this, here's that. And it really does. Six feet's a pretty big step. There's not too many people that's going to stride out six feet on a jab step. And how often do you hear, and then we'll, get, we'll keep right on going here, but a lot of people tend to think it has to be at, like at arm's distance. Well, you and I right now are at arm's distance. Six feet away is probably another three feet behind me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my arm, my stretch, I'm six foot four. My stretch is about six foot nine. So, I mean, you think about that. Put my arms out. I'm, I'm easily touching you. You hear that arm distance. You hear that a lot. Well, this is not arm's distance. I'm, I need to move over here to the other side of this yeah, chair. Yeah, you could be on the other. You could be two yeah. arms lengths away. Yeah, I could be probably about where Rick Marone feet. should be right now, and that would be six feet. But, right. uh, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, but a very good job by Bo of, of describing that because that's one of the things you hear a lot of, of in the basketball game, of that five-second call. Like, well, they're, they're within an arm's distance. No, they need to be a little further away. And that's why he's our resident referee. Right now, let's go back to the phone lines. The Musselman Appleman are 9-0, and oh, one of the – uh, pleasant surprises from the Eastern Panhandle a year ago and continuing that momentum this year. And Derek Basil? Basil, thank you. And I apologize if I mispronounced the name, Coach, but he joins us now, Coach of the Appleman. Uh, Coach, thanks for joining us, and uh, great start to your season. Couldn't ask for anything better than 9-0. No, no, we can't. Uh, guys, thanks so much for having me. Uh, we're excited in, in Inwood, and, um, you know, the guys are playing really well, and we're, we're really happy with our start. 13-point win over Jefferson tonight. Tell me a little bit about that ball game. Well, it was a tough game. It's another, uh, you know, Eastern Panhandle Conference uh, matchup. And, you know, like I said, we get, we, we're getting everybody's best shot, and Jefferson's a, a young team, but uh, they're very athletic, and, and they came to play tonight. And um, you know, we just couldn't quite shake them. We'd get up by twenty, and they they'd make a little run at us. And uh, you know, so it was a hard fought win. But you know, we need those kind of games. Well, coming up, um, right back at it tomorrow, right? Trip to Elkins. Well, <laughs> yeah, really tough, uh, really <laughs> tough back to back. You know, we have to we have to get the kids up early. Um, we have to get on the bus. It's a long trip for us, about four hour drive. So, uh, we, you know, we have to get back at it. It's an early tip-off tomorrow. So, uh, you know, our kids are ready. Though. They'll, they'll rest up and be ready to go. Well, your ball club uh, hasn't got into the portion of the season yet where, uh, where you will see Martinsburg um, and, and Hedgesville at this point. And, and those are, uh, you know, traditionally considered the two top programs. Of course, Washington had a real good year two years ago. And you guys also very good and are starting to really establish yourself as more than just a, a team that's good on a year here, year there basis, kind of yearly basis. How do you change that culture into being a program versus being a team? Well, you know that's that's a great question. You know, I've been here uh, 14 years now, and uh, it has been it's been a climb. I mean, you know, we had to we had to convince kids that you have to to do it all season long. You had to to be in the weight room in the off season. You had to play AAU, and uh, these guys uh, have done a great job. And um, since about 2008, we've had we've had five teams that have been in the top ten at one time or another, and uh, we were able to make it to the state tournament in 2009 and again last season. So uh, you know, it's basically the kids buying into it. And uh, they've they've done a great job with, it. and our and our program has has continually succeeded over the last couple of years. So we're, we're we're proud of where we're at now. We know we have a, a long way to go, and these guys they put in a lot of hard work for it. Coach, you talk about a long way to go. You look at at the final month of your schedule. You have two trips with Martinsburg, two trips with Hedgesville. 
You're going to tangle with double A powerhouse Bridgeport, and plus you also still have a matchup in there with South Charleston. So right out of the kettle into the fire, so to speak, for this Appleman team down the stretch. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we you know that, you know we wanted to challenge ourselves outside the conference. Um, our conference is tough, but uh, you know I think when you when you get to the you know if you're if you're lucky enough to get to the state tournament, you have to deal with the Southern schools and the Southern schools that have great tradition and great basketball. So we wanted to go to to South Charleston and play. Uh, they've got a fantastic program, and I'm from the Clarksburg area originally, so I'm real familiar with Bridgeport. They have an excellent program. So, um, you know, those those games just kind of came together, and we're happy to have those games on there, and it's just certainly be a tough test for our guys. Coach, thanks for staying up late to talk with us. I know you have a long day ahead of you tomorrow, and uh, we certainly wish you and the Appleman the best of luck. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you having us on. Hey, Coach Derek Basil of the undefeated Muscleman Appleman. We'll step aside, take our final break, come back, we'll get you a scoreboard update, and we'll hear from the Cods. Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WEOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Streaming online, high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. You can listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Thank you so much to everybody that sent us scores tonight. Tweets, texts, calls, we really appreciate that. In fact, we got all the scores tonight, and it was all thanks to you. And also a shout-out to all of our new followers. And follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thank you once again for making Basketball Friday Night the voice of basketball in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 11.45, final segment of this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this January 15th, 2016. We know you're here, you want scores. We have the scores of every basketball game involving a West Virginia high school team that's in the SSAC. We're still working 
on, on building uh, some of those private schools that aren't within the SSAC, building uh, communications with all of them. There are many more than I think you would realize, uh, but all the scores that are uh, involving teams that, that try to get to Charleston, everybody who played tonight, we've got their scores. James, one final check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. We start with the two scores that we were missing that rounded out things tonight. It was Hannon, 73-64 win over Grace Christian. And Union defeats Paw 75-47. The rest, all winners. Meadow Bridge, 100. Riverside, Shady Spring, Musselman. Morgantown, Lincoln, Liberty Raleigh, Lincoln County. Wheeling Park in a double overtime buzzer beater win by Philip. Bledsoe defeats Logan. Madonna, Martinsburg, Riverview, Parkersburg, Union, Tucker County, Greenbrier East, Parkersburg Catholic. Again, all of these winners. Ripley survives against South Charleston as Brandon Knapper's buzzer beater does not stay down. Roan County, Tuck Valley, Wyoming East puts up 111 and it went over Summers County. University, Valley Fayette, Valley Wetzel, Wayne and Bluefield, all winners tonight in the boys. In girls action tonight, scores. It was 100 getting its first win of the year over East Richland, Ohio, 49-39. Wheeling Park beats Oak Glen tonight. Greenbrier West, a winner over Montcalm. Nicholas County beats Polka tonight, 9-3. Grizzlies get a 42-41 win. Van over Sherman. Wyoming East stays undefeated at 13-0 with a win over James Monroe. The Lady Jacks from Richwood beat Tug Valley. St. Mary's now 10-1 with a win over Work County. Cavill Midland all over Woodrow Wilson. And Tucker County 9-2 on the season after they beat Trinity tonight 75-31. That is your Basketball Friday Night. Basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Now, Marcus is working in the back on the poll question. We'll get to him in a moment, but first... Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. It's cause time. See, I love when Cause calls in because we get some of the greatest music. And here's the thing. We never know what it's going to be either. And that's the beauty of it. <laughs> See, I was welcoming back Cotter last week, and I had that one nailed. But, I mean, this one, you just it's a guess. And it's like, okay, I'm going to get some great classic music. What's it going to be? Yeah. Welcome back, Cause. And people may recognize that by CSI Miami, which has been out there for a while. Now, oh, yeah. Right? But Most Con- people don't realize that's the song mm-hmm. that's in CSI Miami and because and, and, you're waiting for David Caruso and his uh, – Nice catchphrase before he yanks the sunglasses off. So we go to Cause in Martinsburg. Rick Kozlowski, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, well, I was, uh, I was waiting for more of the song to play because I was starting to go Keith Moon on, on uh, my uh, steering wheel in the car I'm sitting in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, good times. And uh, Rick... Uh, and, 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 pro- and probably half the world listening has no idea that Keith Moon is anyway. We're going to, have to play Royal. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> karaoke there with we Yeah, yeah that, we're going to, have to pay royalties if we're not careful here. But uh, no, uh, Rick, uh, tonight we get to talk about basketball, which is uh, improvement over what we unfortunately had to talk about last week, which hit a little bit of hard news with with the incidents in that Martinsburg, um, uh, Martinsburg and Hedgesville game. But um, 
the Martinsburg Bulldogs, though, uh, still playing well. And uh, right now, 10-2 and two on the season. And uh, that's a ball club that came back from uh, that, that nice trip to Hawaii where it played some you know national-class teams and has come back and picked right up where it left off. Yeah, no question. I think it was expected that they would do well within the state or within the area. Well, they have a big one coming up next week. And uh, next Friday night is kind of uh, a big showdown in the Eastern Panhandle, round one. Martinsburg at Musselman. I got to uh, see the Appleman tonight and heard Derek Vassell uh, uh, give his little... Uh, all talk. Uh, he was so exciting that I kind of fell asleep in the car for a few minutes. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm just teasing. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Shots I, fired I by cause. No, 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 no. I, I knew he was going to be on. Derek's a great guy, and I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of joking around a little bit. But uh, that is going to be one interesting basketball game. You know, you got two very talented teams. Teams that uh, are capable of running, and uh, you know, I, I expect to see some fireworks. And I think, uh, from what I've been hearing from people, they're not expecting. I don't think people realize what Musman is yet. And, and of course, it come down next week, and Martinsburg just you know wins going away, but. Uh, I think this Muslim team is a little different than what a lot of people think. They have they have some talent, they have shooters, and they have the ability to run. And I think in some other years that's been kind of the uh, a little bit of a problem when they've when they've gone up against Martinsburg. I think they've only in the history of the two teams. I think Muslim has only won two games. And as long as they don't play each other, and I could be wrong on that, but I, but it's, it's very, very few. But I think uh, you know, with the game being at Musselman next week, having the home court where Musselman shoots very well, they shoot very well. Period. Uh, they shot fifty-six percent tonight, and you know, Martinsburg again you know, with the uh, with the big bat, the stars in the backcourt, the Josiah Villa. And Jarrell Jones. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Rick, uh, if you were to right now, and, and again, Musselman unbeaten, Martinsburg two losses while they were in Hawaii, Hedgesville uh, a loss to Martinsburg last week. If you were, if you were to have to rate those three teams in order right now, I'm putting you on the spot, and I understand that. Um, how how would you uh, how would you compare them before? they get into fully playing each other? Well, until somebody locally beats Martinsburg, they're number one. I think Musselman is probably number two, which isn't to say that they can't jump over them. And Hedgesville is number three. Uh, I think a lot of people last week expected Martinsburg to kind of blow out Hedgesville. And as I kind of you know saw some things, uh, I think Martinsburg got a little frustrated that Hedgesville was able to stay tight with them. Talent-wise, 
there is there is no real comparison. The Hedgesville play is very intelligent and you know takes the script that is given to them before the game, generally can carry it out, which is kind of what happens in the Martinsburg game. But right now I think it's uh you know, until Martinsburg loses to somebody, if that happens, they're 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 still the top dog. Oh, what a bad pun that one was, right? Uh, yeah, uh, the Bulldog is top dog, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, but, Rick, that's the Rick we come to know and expect. Well, I'm usually better than that. <laughs> well, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think next Friday night's game will, will tell a lot to see, you know, which of the two teams, Musselman and Martinsburg, you know, is, is, is the one. Definitely uh, a big game that we're looking forward to. Rick, always a pleasure. Hope you have a fantastic week coming up. And uh, hopefully, again, we can stay out of the police blotter when we're talking about high school basketball. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I I was ready to – there were some other things. I was ready to give up sports because I was seeing a a lack of sportsmanship going on, not just in high schools, but – Professional ranks and everything else, and I figure maybe I'll just go cover something where there's a bit more sportsmanship, like politics. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be the case. Hey, that's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. We always appreciate uh, him taking time out to talk with us, and, and and just so everybody knows, we don't always hold Rick till the end of the show intentionally because of just throwing the Eastern Panhandle until the very end. Rick has a newspaper to put together. Yeah, he puts a lot of work into his job to get that done and still squeeze us in about every single week. So we appreciate always uh, what he does for the program as well. They, they, they have to meet deadlines. All right, poll question time. Marcus, what do you got for us? All right, this week's poll question is revolves around uh, the controversial stuff out of Wisconsin about chants like scoreboard and airball uh, being banned in high school athletics. Uh, this week's basketballnight.com poll question is – should chants directed at the other team, like scoreboard and airball, be banned in West Virginia high school athletics? Yes, they're disrespectful and unsportsmanlike, or no, they're just part of the game and they're harmless. You can go to basketballnight.com right now and cast your vote. Voting is open until next Friday at 11.45. And what was the results from last week's poll? Uh, give me just a second on that. That's <laughs> well, okay. We we can we'll we'll let him pull that up. Yeah. Ryan, this was the question that I had, and uh, I kind of bantered back and forth on Twitter Twitter about this earlier in the week when it came out. The the question that I have in this situation with what they're trying to do. Say you're in a ball game that's a tight ball game. A team wins at a buzzer beater at the end. Can they celebrate? <laughs> I mean, honestly, because they because are clearly hurting the feelings. You're of their hurting opponents. the feelings of you your know opponents. What? They shouldn't have even made the shot. Well, and th- and that's the thing is that that's what we're getting. Take the scoreboards out. Let's get rid of the scoreboards if that is where sports is is headed. Because kids aren't smart enough to count no. and figure up in their head. The, no, well, let's let's just difference. let's just put a clock up there. And say, okay, you get to play basketball for the next forty minutes. Now just we're going to divide it. Clock too. Yeah, Why we're not going to stop. Solid. But there's no timeouts. If you need a break, just go. But uh, so that's kind of where we are. Let's go, Marcus. Last week's poll question. Last week's he poll question: Should the Martinsburg Hedgesville <laughs> boys game continue uh, to be played in light of what happened last week? Seventy-one percent of voters said yes. 
24% said yes in an empty gym, and only 5% of voters, that's two people, said no. I agree right, with so that. It's actually more for the empty gym than what I thought that yeah, would be, I and too. I think that's interesting uh, in its own right. Buzzer beater Friday, I guess you could call this. Uh, you had a buzzer beater for Tuck Valley to beat St. Joe. Double overtime uh, for Logan. Yeah, Willing Park beats Logan on a buzzer beater. I'm missing one here. Uh, Fairmont Senior Fairmont and Senior. R- RCB. Yeah. Yes, and uh, just a great night for high school basketball in the state of West Virginia, and we're going to do it all again next Friday night. So for the coach, Rick Marone, who had to leave us early, for James Collier, I'm Ryan Epling. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.